Grave Plot Podcast. Welcome, everyone, to episode 125 of the Grave Plot Podcast. I am Skeletoni. I am Taylor of Terror. And uh, it's just lovely to have you back with us so today. So lovely. <laughs> um, we are going to have some fun today, guys. I tell you what. Yeah. Tell me. Tell me what. We've got uh, one horror movie to talk about and one that is not horror. But it's got Nicolas Cage, so fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, so uh, it's been a couple weeks. It's been a while. Stop that. <laughs> Stop that right now. Uh, how's it going, Taylor? It's going pretty well. Yeah, what's new with you? Um, nothing. You're so cool. <laughs> Brewster. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Uh, I got Without a Cause going on tomorrow. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. Sweet. Yeah. Just living life. Yeah. Yeah. Living life to the... Living the dream. <laughs> You're just spouting off slogans now. Yep. <laughs> Bumper stickers. Hashtags. Uh, Cool. Um, what's new with me? Not much, I guess. We're not dissing Mandy. We loved Mandy. Who's Mandy? Oh, oh, movie the Mandy, the 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 Mandy, the, the Mandy. Yeah. <laughs> Who said we were? Uh, Pinto Comics. Oh no no no! Mandy was awesome. Yeah. Um. And anyway, yeah. So uh, I don't know. I don't know what to talk about. I'm not on my game today. So so that that. That's really good for the episode. He's not up to his extremely low standards. <laughs> uh, so, you know, getting here was just a blast. Oh, I bet. Because uh, um, Highway 99 uh, or State Route 99 that runs through, well, like right along the waterfront in Seattle. It, but it's like a major highway uh, it's for like commuting and just, uh, you know, people getting from here to there. Um, they've, uh, over the last few years, they've, um, been digging a, tor- a tunnel to replace the viaduct, which is a big, I mean, a lot of cities have viaducts, but it's, it's a big, um, very long, uh, above ground highway or it's a, it's a, what's the word I'm thinking of? Um, it's not elevated, s- ele- elevated, yeah, elevated highway. It's like stacked, um, uh, you know, southbound is on the bottom and then. Northbound's on the top. And it's a fucking death trap. <sighs> Man, I remember in the mid-90s, my dad being like, don't fall down, don't fall down, don't fall down. Ah. <laughs> I mean, they've had multiple structural engineers over the over the years say, no, 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 we can retrofit this and it'll be fine. Yeah. But, you know, the city of Seattle and the state of Washington, there's like, no, no, we have all this taxpayer money to spend. Let's do that instead. Can we not get into a thing here? I'm just, I'm just saying they knocked. They're gonna knock down the viaduct to uh, open up this tunnel, and they've they've behind schedule on the tunnel. Like the tunnel's supposed to be open what like three years ago. Oh yeah, because the fucking machine kept breaking. Right. Um, because they didn't realize that the entire Seattle waterfront is junk. It's literally garbage piled on top of each other. Yeah. Um, Anybody who's done the the underground tour knows that. Yeah. I mean, Seattle was a logging town and, uh, you know, they obviously shipped off all the logs from the waterfront. So the entire waterfront is 
debris from the logging industry. Yeah. Uh, along with, you know, stuff that the natives left there and just got buried over time. Um, so they're trying to dig through this. I mean, you can call it earth, but it's really just garbage. Uh, and yeah, it kept hitting like, it, what what blew me away is this massive boring machine got uh, broken down because of a, was a metal pipe that was yep. in the ground. <laughs> anyway, so it was behind schedule. They finally got it done, um, but it's not open yet. They closed the viaduct yesterday, but the tunnel is not open yet. And people are like, why would they do that? It's like, oh, why do they do anything here? Because money. <laughs> it's like they've got all these people saying, well, they're tolling the, the tunnel, so I'm never going to use it. It's like, okay, so how do you get people to use something that they don't want to use? You take away the thing they already use and make them want the other thing. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, they they're, they closed down the viaduct, and so now people are going to deal with this gridlock in downtown Seattle for almost a month. Then they're going to open the tunnel and say, hey, for free, for the first, like, month or so. Say, hey, look at this tunnel. Look how great it is. And then in a month, they're going to start tolling. It's like, sorry, you have to pay for it now after people are getting, already get used to using it. It's dog shit. There's still going to be surface streets, though. <laughs> yeah. They're not just going to close every street in Seattle and make you... No, I'm not saying they will. What I'm saying is that it's going to be a shit show for probably the next few years. Oh, well, yeah. They said they're going to build a park. I don't think they're going to build a park. I don't know. I think they're going to build more office buildings. Uh, Anyway, so Seattle's fun right now. Getting here was just amazing. Yeah. Uh, Cool. Yeah, the tunnel opens on February 2nd. You know what else is February 2nd? The Great Plot Film Fest. Uh, nice segue. We are uh, over 50% sold out. Tickets are finally starting to sell. We were making terrible jokes for like the past month and a half about how shitty ticket sales were doing. <laughs> yeah. But they're actually selling now. Yeah, now that and, it's, it's getting close. And even to people we don't know. Yeah. Which is awesome. So uh, advertising yet. So yeah. we're hoping that'll like really start to pick up once we actually get our posters and start pasting them all over town. Mm-hmm. All over the place. So yeah, don't wait. Get yours. There are less than 50 tickets left. So head over to greatplotfilmfest.com. Get your tickets today. Yeah. And if you're in Seattle location or Seattle area, there's really no reason. It's $12 and it's not that much. Yeah. It's an afternoon. You're not doing anything on Saturday. Admit it. Exactly. Like I said, it's an afternoon. You know, you can still go see Groundhog Day later that evening, <laughs> uh, you know, and you can go drink whiskey or whatever it is you want to do. And we won't impede on that. Yeah, and you can just have a fun weekend uh, with your friends. Yeah, Us. we're we're gonna have all kinds of beer inside too. There could be all kinds of beer inside. Um, but yeah, uh, we got thirty three selections. Twenty three. Twenty three selections um, from all around the world, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, our judges are working on them now, and uh, we will have some winners. Six in total, right? Uh, five, five, five in total. Um. So, including neat. audience favorite, so you're going to want to be there to vote for that, right? Um, and we're t- we're a 21st century film festival, so it's going to be down on the phones. Yep. On they the- always tell you don't don't use your phone during the movies. We say do, but only when we say <laughs> <laughs> don't do it while we're screening because that's rude. <laughs> there will be a designated time <laughs> for you to use your phone. Also, the sort of premiere of uh, the They Reach trailer. Yeah. 
Um, we've, we've been told it's going to be a new trailer. It's going to be the, uh, like there's there's one trailer that's been shown with some other films. But from what we've been told by the producers, uh, this is going to be an all new trailer and this is going to be the world premiere. So, right. Um, it's the film uh, starring myself and Mr. Tony over here. Yeah, starring. Starring. Starring role. Top billing. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's pretty exciting. We still don't know when the movie itself is coming out. I know that they... Silas just finished the final edit. Mm-hmm. So that's exciting. Um, and uh, now it's just off to um, distributors. Like you sending off screeners to distributors and uh, trying to get that locked down. So fun times ahead. Yeah. Good stuff. Are we still still this year? That's right. That's the plan. All right. Well, let's hope. I mean, it kind of depends on what you know who picks it up and what they want to do. They may want to put it in festivals, or you know, they may want to delay it until fucking Halloween or something. So I want to see the fucking thing. So Silas, I know you're listening. <laughs> you need to do like send a, us a screener. Do a casting crew. Uh, yeah. Screener. What the fuck? Where's the casting crew screener? I mean, I think that was promised, right? We were going to be doing it at a theater here in Ballard. Was that just for cast and crew? I think cast and crew and maybe family. I'm not sure. Oh, but I thought that was like the premiere premiere. Was, oh, I don't know. Maybe I misunderstood. I don't, I don't know. But fucking call us. <laughs> uh, cool. Cool, cool, cool. So, uh, anything else to chat about? I don't think so. All right. Then, uh, did you like put a filter on there or something? Oh, it's a uh, uh, eve, uh, night mode, whatever. Mm-hmm. All right, so um, I guess that's enough bullshit. Probably. Do some horror business. Oh, wait, do we want to talk about the creepy girl? Oh, yes. Uh, actually, before, before we do that, we should probably thank our Patreon patrons. Yeah, probably. They pay for this. <laughs> They they pay specifically for us to mention their <laughs> names on air. Uh, so uh, every month we have a very select group of people that like to give us money to help this show keep going uh, with, you know, uh, its usual degree of awesomeness. I don't know. That's not the right word. Bullshit. <laughs> Mediocrity. <laughs> uh, but those people are Kevin Nesgoda, Jordan Morrison, Kevin Trent, Joshua Hodges, Carlos Rodella, The Horror Addicts, Max Zaleski, and Aaron Meyer. Thank you so much, guys. Uh, we appreciate everything that you do for us, uh, which means giving us money. And not everything. Yeah. Just, just the money. Just the money. We mostly just want the money. Um, but Taylor, if anyone else, possibly these people's friends that are just getting, uh, getting their first earful of the show, where can they go to give us money? Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... PayPal? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you can go to patreon.com slash graveplotpodcast. For as little as $1, you can get exclusive content, including monthly video reviews chosen by you. Uh, the more you give, the more content you get. $100 will get you a tattoo of a fat unicorn on my ass. That ass right there. That narrow little ass. It's not that narrow anymore. <laughs> Getting old's a bitch. Uh, cool. Uh oh! So the creepy crawl. Uh, yeah. Speaking of horror addicts, yeah, the horror addicts, um, buddies of ours, um, gory B movie and Daddy Nightmare. Um, they are uh, every well. 
How long have we been doing this? Like two? This is the second annual. This is the second one. Okay. So last year, they did a 24-hour YouTube crawl um, with various different YouTube uh, YouTubers, I guess, um, where each one uh, hosted an hour of just horror content. Um, and uh, I, I watched a little bit of it last year. Um, man, it sounded like it was pretty successful. Uh, successful enough to where they're doing it again this year. Uh, and... For some reason, some very familiar faces are uh, taking part this year. Uh, <laughs> one catch is we're doing it at 1 a.m. on Friday night. Yeah. <laughs> but um, the tentative plan, um, at, at least that's all we've come up with so far, is uh, we're going to do uh, a drunken cinema because that's what we're known for, right? Yep. Some kind that's, of... Uh, that's our claim to fame. Some kind of shortened, compact... Drunken cinema. Yeah, we might do an, like maybe an episode of something. Um, we'll just watch a movie at one and a half speed. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, we're going to figure it out. But the, the plan right now is to do a drunken cinema. And this is in uh, July. July? Fucking, I don't know. <sighs> Damn it. I can't remember. It's a, it's, you know what? There's a Facebook event. Go to the there Facebook event. There's a Facebook event. <laughs> <laughs> it's on our page. You can find it from there. So uh, go check that out. Join us. Um, yeah, it's not going to be for a while, but we are going to be part of it. We're also going to be part of Crypticon again this year. Yeah. So if, if you're in the Seattle area, make sure you check that out, CryptoconSeattle.com. Um, yeah, we're going to actually have more involved role this year, uh, at least tentatively. Um, I don't know. I don't really want to talk about it yet because it's not for sure. Yeah, we don't want to talk about it until all the I's are crossed and the T's are dotted. Right. Um, but that is happening uh, we will be at Crypticon either way, um, paneling as usual. Yeah, we'll be doing something. Yeah, we'll be there. Just hanging out, if nothing else. Yeah. Begging for change outside. Yeah, so we can get in. Let <laughs> me buy a ticket. Uh, cool. So, now horror business? Let's do that. All right, guys, who's ready for some more business? Taylor, are you ready? I am. Yay. I can officially confirm July 12th is the creepy crawl. Right. I, I think it starts on the 11th. Yeah. It started we're, Friday night. We're on the 12th at 1 o'clock in the morning. Right. Uh, so, I mean, it's technically Saturday morning, uh, but I consider it Friday night. That was, that was, I was confused when uh, Gory approached us about it. She said, hey, we've got a slot at, uh, I think she said, like, what was the original one she wanted to get? Two. Was it two? It was two a.m., yeah. Okay, two a.m. on Saturday. She's like, uh, okay, I mean, I guess we could do that. And then we actually ended up with one. I was like, all right, one a.m. Saturday. That's not too bad. But I didn't take into account that she was talking about like Saturday, like officially Saturday. Because in my head, I'm thinking that's Saturday night. One a.m. Saturday night. That's not bad. I'm, I would probably be up then anyway. But no, it's Friday night yeah. at 1 a.m. <laughs> but uh, we're going to do it anyway, even though we're old. Yeah, fuck it. Yeah. We get a little silly when we're tired and drunk. It means our Philadelphia friends probably won't be watching because it'll be 4 a.m. for them. But yeah. I mean, if they want to stay up for all 24 hours. I mean, if they want to be cool. <laughs> you guys want to be cool, right? <laughs> um. Anyway, real world horror, guys, is what we usually start with. 
And we will continue that trend. <laughs> um, so one of the top movies in the country right now is Escape Room. For some reason. I did not see that coming. Me neither. It, and it's getting great reviews, too, which is contradictory to the trailer. Well, yeah. The trailer doesn't look very good at all. It does not. It looks terrible. I mean, I, Deborah Ann Wool looks very good in it. But She does. Uh, and Tyler Labine's in it. Yeah, he looks good. He's always fun. <laughs> he does look good. Yeah. Good for him. He's got a little salt and pepper beard. Yeah. He's old. He's, you know, getting distinguished. Yeah. But, uh, but God, he probably lost like half of his weight, it seems like. Yeah. He's, he's a big guy. Not anymore. Not anymore. Um, anyway. Uh, but so, I mean, because because escape rooms are so popular uh, in the last, what, 10 years maybe? Yeah. Um, I guess that would probably, you could probably trace that back to things like extreme haunts. I, I, I think escape rooms maybe kind of evolved from that. Yeah. Um, anyway, but, uh, due to the popularity of those, that's how this movie essentially got made. Um, but, uh, sometimes things in escape rooms just don't really go the way you planned. Yeah, there's there's a scene in the trailer where like the whole room that they're in just like lights up on fire, mm-hmm. and uh, that informs this story here. In a little case of uh, life imitating art, right? Uh, all the way over in Poland. Are you Polish? <laughs> Please drive me f- three blocks. Three blocks. <laughs> no, right? No, no. <laughs> Um, but in Poland, I uh, don't know where exactly, um, in an escape room, uh, a fire broke out and killed five people tragically, um, as deaths usually are tragic. Well, usually. I mean, unless it's like Hitler. Hitler. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you saying you wouldn't kill Hitler? If you had a chance, you wouldn't kill Hitler? That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> Two Mulaney jokes in one story, guys. <laughs> How about that? Uh, firefighters are saying that the fire broke out in the, in the city of Kozalin. Sure. I've been there. You've never been <laughs> to Poland. Poland. I've never been to Poland. You've never been anywhere. You've been to Taco Bell. A <laughs> uh, fire broke out in the building. A heater ignited and the lack of ventilation caused the five teenager, teenage girls to asphyxi- asphyxiate. So it wasn't even the fire that got him. No, it was the, it was the, uh, the, the smoke. lack of lack of air. Yeah, which causes asphyxiation. They, tend to, they say that that's what tends to happen: is, yeah. is you die of, of smoke uh, asphyxiation before the fire ever actually gets to you. Usually, yeah. I mean, unless you're like in the fire, into the fire. Yeah, like Dokken. <laughs> that's why so many members of Dokken are, are now dead because they were in the fire. Yep. Fake history. I think, I think you're confusing Dokken and Great White. <laughs> They're not even dead. <laughs> The band didn't die. The audience members did. Dicks. <laughs> Fucking assholes. Fucking great white. Um, a 28-year-old man uh, named, whew, I think, Miles. I was going to say I thought it was Milos, but I guess it's O-L, not L-O. Milos? Milos? Mules? Mules? I don't know. Let's just say Miles. I don't do Polish. <laughs> um uh, he's only been identified as Miles S, um, and he has been charged with deliberately creating the danger of a fire in the escape room. I'd love to know how they rationalize that. Sounds like a heater. I mean, 
yeah, like the the beginning of the story seems to kind of contradict this. Like it's it started out with a heater ignited. Now all of a sudden they're saying it, more or less that it was arson. Right. I mean, unless he was like trying to do something like the movie, just I mean, create like extreme heat or something. Maybe. Um, because it says deliberately deliberately creating the danger of a fire but doesn't necessarily mean starting up the fire. Yeah. So he he deliberately created the danger of a fire. Uh, and unintentionally caused the death of people in said fire. Uh, the CNN Polish affiliate TVN24 uh, reported. Ryzard? I'm not even going to do that. I'm not going to do that. Uh, <laughs> Ryzard Gasiorowski. Okay. Um, the tragedy has motivated the Polish minister of the interior, Joachim. That's not a name I'd expect from a po- uh, Polish person. But Brudzinski. Definitely. That is. That's got Polish written all over it. (laughs) Uh, Joachim Brodzinski to issue a countrywide uh, inspection of all escape rooms for safety. Yeah. I mean, why wouldn't that already be in place? It is here. You know, when you open a business, you have to have the fire marshal come and check it out before that you open the place. Usually. It's like, hey, yeah, you guys don't have adequate sprinkler system in here. You should do that. If you don't, there's not proper ventilation. <laughs> this heater could possibly ignite. Yeah, back here in the U- good old U.S., sort of good uh, escape attractions must be inspected before they can be open to the public. As you do, as most buildings, right? <laughs> yeah, anything. <laughs> yeah, I think even well, no, not so much homes, but like I mean, here, here we are in your apartment. You have. Three sprinklers just here in the in the kitchen, uh, you know, the the living space here. Yeah. Do you have one in your bedroom? I believe so. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't know fire code, except when it comes to like doing like household electronic or uh, electric work. But um, yeah, yeah, especially something like an escape room. Like that seems like a no brainer. Yeah, and maybe just don't take it to that extreme. Assuming that's what he was doing, is just cranking up the heat to motivate people to get out of the room. Yeah. Um, maybe don't do that, because <laughs> it's not nice. Yeah. Because people die. Exactly. And that's tragic. That is tragic. Is that it? Is it? I mean, do you have anything else I to say? Yeah, I, we should do an escape room again. We should do an escape room. We should do something uh, more challenging. I yeah. felt that one was, uh, even though we didn't quite make it out, I felt like it, if we were given like another minute, we would have fig- figured it out. Yeah. And a lot of the clues, like they didn't flow. A lot of times there's like a flow to the clues. And I feel like these ones didn't flow. And that was why did, we didn't really get it is because the clues were just all over the place. Right. It was fun. Yeah. Uh, and it was well done. I mean, a lot of the things were like, <laughs> some of the clues weren't especially, uh, especially difficult but it's like they're still like rewarding in your brain when you like you'd, f- you'd figure them out sure yeah <laughs> um anyway but uh yeah don't uh don't kill people in escape rooms i think is the message yeah. or anywhere or anywhere <laughs> unless it's hitler So, Stranger Things 3 is finally coming. 
Stranger Things finally returning to Netflix. Has it has it, has it been a long time, or does it just seem that way? Uh, it's been over a year. Okay. Um, you know, you're, you're working on a timeline with kids. Yeah. Like, if I mean, even if it has only been a year on camera, those kids look like two, three years older. Exactly. So. <laughs> yeah, you, uh, I mean, they reach. Like, the kids are older at the end of the movie than they were at the beginning. Right. And it's funny because they're wearing the same costumes and they just don't quite fit the same. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's going to be coming out. They, they seem to like to attach it to holidays, I've noticed. Because season two came out on Halloween. Or around Halloween, at least. Did it? Yeah. And like the first couple episodes were all about Halloween. Uh-huh. Uh, this one's going to come out July 4th. Which, of course, is the 4th of July. Very good. <laughs> Glad you're keeping up. <laughs> Um, it's going to take place during the summer of 1985. I don't remember what year previous season took place. Was it 84? Maybe. Um, have they been like very, have, have they expressed what years they've been in? I feel like it's not like visualized and like, it doesn't say like, you know, the, on the, there's no graphic on the screen that says, you know, December 1981 or whatever. Just something you're supposed but, to know. But it, they'll like be like, you know, Reagan Bush signs in a, Sure, yeah. So, like, that's gives you a idea of when that election was. Right. But other than that, I don't think it was ever explicitly said. I mean, they could put, like, uh, like scenes of, like, uh, when I was born. Then I would know there was the summer of 85. Oh, sure. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, back in whatever hospital. Some random hospital in California. <laughs> Yeah, why wouldn't they show that in a series about Indiana? <laughs> they can make it flow. Uh, serious creators, the Duffer Bros, have said... <laughs> they are bros. I love how we've made the Duffer Bros into these characters that just most total. likely are nothing like their real personas. No. The way we've portrayed them is like just total... Like, like surfers. Frat, frat boys, yeah. Frat boy surfer bros. <laughs> Uh, they said the characters are still going to be dealing with the evil creature called the Mind Flayer. Uh, Saying they're still dealing with it is a bit of a reach because they just barely touched on it on the last episode of the final or the last season. Yeah. Um, I don't know if they said this in unison or if it was just one of them, but they were like, <laughs> bro. Like the Night Vale City Council? Bro, they've shut the door on the Mind Flayer, but like, not only is it still there and upside down, but like, it's very much aware of the kids, you know, <laughs> and particularly Eleven, you know, you know, bro. Uh, hell, you did. <laughs> <laughs> it had not encountered her and her powers until that final episode. Now it knows that she's out there. You know, like it, like it knows. Can like you know like feel her, <laughs> but not like feel her, but you know feel her. Yeah, like not like the way like Drake wants to feel her, but like. <laughs> Or R. Kelly. Yeah. R. Kelly probably doesn't want to feel her. He probably just wants to pee on her <laughs> and keep her in a dungeon. <laughs> Have you watched that documentary? No. I kind of want to. You kind of. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, like, I kind of want to pee on someone, but <laughs> I, I don't know why I thought that. <laughs> uh, uh, I kind of don't because I really don't like R. Kelly. Well, I know. That's why I don't. That's why I want to watch it. I just want to see how, like, fucked up he is. I kind of have an idea already. <laughs> he pees on underage people. Like, yeah. 
Uh, new cast members include Francesca Real, Maya Hawk, the one and only Jake Busey, what also Jake Busey's teeth, and Carrie Hules. <laughs> I'm so excited about Jake Busey. I fucking love that guy. Isn't he playing like the mayor? Or no, Casey Casey Ewells, or Carrie Ewells is playing the mayor. Is he? I believe so. Oh, okay. And Jake Busey, I, if I remember correctly, he's playing like a scientist again. <laughs> Isn't he somebody that works for the company? Or the uh, Bob, Bob. Oh. the power, whatever. Yeah, whatever. Whatever top secret agency actually works in some kind of utility company. Yeah. It's been a while since I've watched it. It's been a year since I've watched it. Hey, you don't say. Uh, Busey will play Bruce. That's all this says. <laughs> cool. That's not very helpful. You know who I want to be in the show is Bob. Yeah, bring back Bob. I need Bob in my life. Hashtag justice for Bob. <laughs> yeah, everybody was so obsessed about Barb, who sucked, but n- nobody fucking talked about Bob, who was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, okay. Busey is a journalist for the Hawkins Post with questionable morals and a sick sense of humor. Okay. There we go. Uh, and yeah, you will, uh, Carrie Yules will play Mayor Klein. Got it. All right. Uh, yeah, I mean, last season, I feel like it kind of dragged. Like, they did that episode uh, where Eleven was in Chicago. Is that where she went? I think so, yeah. Um, and, you know, a lot of people bitched about that. A lot of people sung its praises, but I was kind of, like, in the middle where it's just like... Well, a lot of people say a lot of things. <laughs> they do say a lot of things. Um, it was okay, but it's like... It felt like a spinoff episode, like a, like a backdoor pilot or something. Yeah, it definitely did. Um, it's like Stranger Stranger Things Chicago. Um, but um, it's like if I were to go back and watch season two again, I'd probably skip that episode. Yeah. Because like I know it happens and I didn't really enjoy it that much. So And it doesn't really like continue the story in any way. No. It kind of veers off in another direction. No. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of irrelevant. Um, I hope they don't do that again. Me too. I want them to stay more focused on the goal. Eyes on the prize, you know? Exactly. Yeah, I mean, I'm super into Stranger Things. I'll probably burn through season one and two again before this starts, I think. Mm-hmm. Get caught up. Yeah, yeah. The only thing I like really that really stands out in season two is when um, they made like the map all over the kitchen. Mm-hmm. They like they didn't know what they were doing. They just like put all the posters up, and then Bob came in and he was like, "It's a treasure map." I was like, "Oh, it's Goonies." <laughs> oh, Bob. I remember you like, were too you were too beautiful for this world, Bob. R.I.P. One love. Um, I think that's like he, as far as like uh, legacy goes, that's probably Shine Aston's like least known character, Mikey. Mikey or Bob? Bob. Oh, okay. I mean, except like maybe when he was on 24 for whatever reason. <laughs> that was weird. <laughs> anyway. Uh, Everyone knows him as Mikey or Rudy. Yeah. Um, but that's easily, or, or Sam. Or Samwise, yeah. But I think uh, I think Bob, he, he's over all of them. He's like, the upper echelon? Yeah. Like that was like his pinnacle, like his best role to date. It, yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's so weird that, like, through most of the season, you just kind of, uh, I mean, they must have done it intentionally, but made you think that he might be actually, like, working for the company or something. Mm-hmm. I keep calling it the company. The, the 
Water? I want to say it's the power company. Maybe it is. You know how you can find out? Watch Stranger Things. Yep. <laughs> I thought you were going to say fucking Google it. <laughs> uh, cool. Yeah, 4th of July. 4th of July weekend, just fucking binge it. And then uh, two weeks from then, you can see us on YouTube. <laughs> Actually, eight days from then. So, so like a little over a week. There you go. It's oh so quiet. Shh, shh. It's oh so still. That last story kind of fell apart at the end. Yeah, it was so. my fault, but, you know, whatever. Fuck you. Should, you should turn off your, your print mode. My print mode. Yeah, go to view. Go to view. And turn off print layout. Turn off print layout. There you go. That's so much easier to read. Aren't you reading your own? Yeah. <laughs> Let me do my thing. <laughs> okay, so there's been recent talk about... This is my story, right? That's your story. It is my story. Uh, there's been talk about Quiet Place 2, um, a quieter place. So, so very quiet. Another quiet place. Um, the quietest place. That's, that's the third one. That's the third one. Yeah. That's the end of the trilogy. Exactly. (laughs) Um, anyway, so yeah, uh, Quiet Place 2, uh, is being talked about. There are not a lot of details out about it yet. Um, Krasinski's writing it. Right. He's not directing it, though, right? Well, that's the kind of the story. Mm. Okay. Read on. I will. I will read on. Tony will learn about this as at the same time you guys do. <laughs> Did we mention we're consummate professionals? Uh, just, I mean, I, I, I rarely read the stories beforehand. <laughs> You're the worst. Surprise, surprise. I'm a very busy man. Yeah. I have many things going on. I always have to hear about how goddamn busy you are. <laughs> So very busy, so busy. I have a lot of things going on in my life. It's not true. I live a I live a boring existence. <laughs> anyway, um, so the rumor is that the Quiet Place Two or a Quiet Place Two is not a direct sequel of the first. Um, John Krasinski was telling the playlist, which is a website, right? I, yeah, it's something. Um, it's a thing. It's a thing that exists that John Krasinski talked to. <laughs> Uh, he says movie that, and TV news reviews trailers and podcasts the playlist.net well there you go free advertising <laughs> uh, the beauty of it is that it's the expansion of a world in a world in a world that's ever expanding uh, most sequ- oh so quiet yep yep uh, most sequels are about the return of a villain or a hero and you have to build a totally new story around your favorite hero or new favorite villain or favorite villain. Um, with this sequel, we actually have the world to deal with. The world is actually the little star of the movie or the world is actually the star of the movie. So this set of circumstances, uh, how the rest of the world is dealing with this apocalyptic tragedy is the fun of it. Then it's what drew me back, you know? So basically it's just, we're just going to follow another family or something. Essentially. Yeah. I mean, it's basically, uh, um, fear of the walking dead. Yeah. Which sucks. <laughs> so, you know, not holding out high hopes here. Um, Krasinski uh, was 
uh, reluctant to be directly involved, but happy to consult. Then he had an idea and started to work on a screenplay. Uh, I didn't want to... He didn't write the first one, did he? He did, I believe. He Well, he rewrote it. Okay. Um, he, I didn't want to be part of a, the sequel because it wasn't going to be organic, uh, sort of a, a sort of next step for the world. I didn't want to be part of it. I said, just go make another one without me. So here I am now writing it, and we'll see if I end up directing it. But it's an entertaining idea because I think, for me, the cool part about this is that it doesn't feel like a sequel. Good. Okay. Sure. Whatever. What's the point? <laughs> What's the point of making a sequel that doesn't feel like a sequel? I mean, yeah, unless he wants to make it like an anthology. I mean, I guess. But it's all kind of set in the same quiet world. So quiet. All set in the same quiet place. Like like the name of the movie. Yeah, I said it. <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, the the first one was good. I mean, for sure. Um, and it still amazes me that so many people said it wasn't a horror movie. People don't say a lot of things. <laughs> yeah. It's anytime a horror movie is good and it's not just like a cheesy slasher. People are like, oh, well, it's not actually a horror movie. Like Get Out? Yeah. Get Out is definitely a horror movie. Like, how is it not a horror movie? Hell, I think thrillers should be a subgenre of horror. It kind of is. I think so. I mean, like... Uh, I think Seven's a horror movie. I, I could buy that. I've never really thought of it as a horror movie. Um but sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's a thriller, you know. It's they're more kind of uh, you know, they rely more on tension and story development than just like gore or you know, crazy deaths or something. But there's mm-hmm. still, you know, the elements of tension and um atmosphere. Yeah, and you know, before monster movies really became a thing, horror movies, uh horror was mostly thrillers. Think of like uh, Hitchcock, like Psycho. Yeah. There's nothing particularly horrific in in the modern day sense uh, with that movie, but it was classified as a horror, even though, oh, excuse me, by today's standards, it's more of a thriller. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, I don't know. Just just like anything, the, you know, the genre has evolved over time. And uh, I feel like... But it's, of, like it still has this this stigma of you know everyone that likes horror movies is a weird creepy person and so this I like this so this can't be a horror movie because I'm not a weird creepy person. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, is yeah definitely a horror movie which was not really the topic of the story but yeah um, I don't know are are you excited to see a sequel? I don't know if I'm excited but I'm not like dreading it I. I'm kind of in wait and see mode. Like I would like, I want to hear the story. I want to see a trailer. I want to know more about it before I make a decision. Sure. Yeah. I'm kind of on the same uh, page, I guess. You know, the first one, like I said, was good, but I wasn't like about it, you know? Yeah. Uh, it's like, I'm not, a lot of people were just like singing its praises and it's just like, yeah, it's good. And that's kind of where I'll leave it. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I don't think it's the best movie ever. And like, I think a lot of people that were acting like it was forgot about it as quickly as they saw it. Um, but I don't know. It just seems pointless to make a a sequel 
set in the same world that doesn't focus on the same family. You know, he's talking about how when you write a sequel, you have to find a new way to make your your characters change, you know, a new story for the same characters. Yeah, that forces some creativity. Yeah. When you when you make something like this that has little to do with the original, then you end up just writing the same story over again. I mean, that's kind of the whole point of a sequel is to continue a story. It's right. not just, well, I mean, it is just to make money, but... <laughs> But it's like the reason you make a sequel is because you have more of the same story that you didn't have time to tell. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I would love to see a continuation of that family, especially because the, the way end, the way it ended completely lent, it, lent itself to a sequel. Yeah, exactly. It's like, it doesn't even seem, because you, you'd already written that kind of evolution of the characters into the end of the first movie. Mm -hmm. it, I think the second movie following that same family would just write itself. You would think. But, like I said, I mean... It, I suppose it would be easy for him to write a new story that doesn't just follow like the the first story, like exactly, basically just rewrite the same story, yeah, with a different family. Um, but I, mean, I don't know. I'm trying to trying to get my thoughts organized here. It's, I I think it's silly to write a sequel that has nothing to do with the first story when the first story was what drove the movie. I mm -hmm. mean, and with, with that. And it of, was still open-ended. Yeah. Kind of an open-ended cliffhanger ending. Well, not so much cliffhanger, just open-ended. I yeah. guess. Yeah. Um, it's like, why wouldn't you write a sequel to that? I don't know. And just Re, like like I said, the uh, Fear of the Walking Dead, that was a little different in that it was at the beginning of the outbreak, right? Um, so that those initial first couple seasons were different. I mean, now it's essentially the same show. They put fucking characters from the original series onto this one, and nobody noticed. <laughs> um, and uh, I don't know. I, I've said my piece, I guess. Just, I, I would rather see the same family rather than than a new story that might end up just being the same story over again. Well, what's left of them? Huh? What's left of them? <laughs> spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> anyway, that's it. Yeah, spoiler alert, people die in a horror movie. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm with you. I agree. I would rather see that than uh, this anthology idea. But And it'll be interesting to see Krasinski like, writing his own things. Like I said, he rewrote a script that already existed, which I th think might have been by Dunstan and Melton. I don't know. Don't quote me. I'm not. No fact checks. <laughs> but yeah, it would be interesting to see what he does on his own. Yeah. Uh, I mean, did he write some episodes of The Office? I don't know. I feel like I remember seeing that. It's, I don't know. Whatever. It's not important. No. So. Next. Yeah, keep keep an eye out for a quieter place. It was a zombie jamboree took place in a New York cemetery. It was a zombie jamboree took place in a New York cemetery. Zombies from all parts of the island. Some of them was a great Calypsonians. Although the season was carnival. So, speaking of sequels, uh, Zombieland 2, colon, double tap. Is coming to theaters is this that October. Really the subtitle? Yes. Oh, that's dumb. I can't just call it Zombieland Two. I don't know. 
Uh, but according to Geeks Worldwide, I want to to preface this by making sure you know that they are the only site reporting this. No site has confirmed this. So according to Geeks Worldwide, Bill Murray will be returning in Zombieland 2. Uh, Zombieland came out 2009, right? Yeah, sure. All right, 10 years buffer. We're good. We did f- we're doing five. Well, we're doing five, so fuck it. <laughs> uh, if you haven't seen Zombieland, just fuck you. Deal with it. Um, Bill Murray died. Yeah. He got a shotgun blast in the chest. Yeah. So the only thing that makes sense is him coming back as a zombie. Or perhaps as a ghost. Mm. Because... According to Geeks Worldwide, he will be joined by fellow Ghostbuster, Dan Aykroyd. I don't care. <laughs> I don't like Dan Aykroyd anymore. Me neither. I still love Bill Murray, though. He's a slut for money. <laughs> uh, according to Geeks Worldwide, the circumstances and size of their role is currently unknown, but they will be playing fictional versions of themselves. Fictional characters. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't. I mean, unless they're playing like different characters altogether, or I mean, they're playing fictional versions of themselves. Okay, so that kind of implies that they are playing themselves. Yeah, which is what Murray did in the first one. He played a like exaggerated version of himself. Right. Um. Yeah, that's that's dumb because yeah, Bill Murray died. He was shot in the chest, and you know, uh, with Columbus, his whole philosophy about he kind of breaks trend towards the end of the movie he like he has these really strict rules that he sticks to to survive um and you know towards the end of the movie he kind of breaks away from those things and kind of lives life on the edge sort of but lives more in the moment yeah at that point in the movie he lived by a very strict guideline or very strict guidelines uh one included the double tap Yep. Shooting somebody or shooting a zombie in the head twice. Uh, so to think that he would shoot Bill Murray in the chest and then not put two in his head is silly. And I feel like if this is a real thing that Sony or whoever the fuck is working on this uh, is relying on people not remembering that fact. Yeah. I mean, and like I said, the, the fact that Aykroyd is going to be in it. I and then they watched Ghostbusters in the first movie, mm-hmm. and the rumor that Bill Murray said he would only make Ghostbusters three if he was a ghost. I kind of could see them making him a ghost. Which I mean, ghosts were not a thing in Zombieland. No, but I that I could see that happening. You know, without do is take Zombieland, which was fairly grounded, and make it ridiculous. I mean. It would be very strange to have a ghost. Yeah. Like if you're not if you're not introducing ghosts into the world of Zombieland and you're just having one ghost. Yeah. That's completely out of left field. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I agree. That would be stupid. But I mean it's like it's it's Zombieland. It's a movie about zombies. The origin of the zombies is fairly grounded. It started from mad cow mm-hmm. disease or some kind of Mutation Mutated, or whatever. Yeah. Um, so, like I said, grounded. It didn't come from some fucking biological mistake. Or well, it's sort of a biological mistake, but 
It didn't come like from some science project gone awry or, or an asteroid or yeah, something. Or yeah, or some magic spell or anything like that. It's grounded in science to a degree. So introducing ghosts is just completely out of nowhere. Yeah. Uh, so that's just ridiculous. Anyway. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Well, I mean, the, the plot to Zombieland 2 is that uh, through comic mayhem that stretches from the White House and through the Heartland, the zombie slayers must face off against many new kinds of zombies that have evolved since the first movie. Hang on. Mm. Regular listeners to this show know that we have a serious problem with the idea of zombies evolving. Mm-hmm. You know what dead things do? They rot. rot and decompose and fade away. They don't evolve. No. It's ridiculous to think that a dead thing could somehow get smarter. Although, are they dead in Zombieland? I guess that's true. They are like what you might call rage zombies. Yeah, because they're still living people. They're just infected with this mad cow disease, right? Yeah. So that wouldn't make even make sense for Bill Murray to come back. That's a good point. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> and he would have... I mean, this isn't like The Walking Dead where everyone's already infected. Yeah. So he would have had to have been bitten before they shot him. Yeah. And it's not like they could have mistakenly thought he was dead. He had a fucking shotgun blast in his chest. He was dead. They rolled him up in a carpet and tossed him over the side of a balcony. He was dead. Yeah. So now he must be double dead. Nightmare Before Christmas? Oogie Boogie? Come on, dude. Oh. Right. Okay. Uh, zombies have evolved since the first movie, as well as some new human survivors, but most of all, they have to face the growing pains of their own snarky makeshift family. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to see more Emma Stone, you know? Yeah? Because she's fine. Yeah? Uh, that movie, The Favorite, that she did? Don't know that one. Uh, where she's like uh, some like consort of a queen. Okay. She takes her top off. Oh. All right, all right, all right. Might be worth seeing. <laughs> Matthew Modine. <laughs> what? McConaughey. <laughs> yeah, those are two different people. <laughs> That's the joke. Oh. Neat. So, uh, yeah, this is coming out in October, just after our week of the zombie episode. Because, of course. Because fuck us. <laughs> That's how things happen uh cool all right so netflix series chilling adventures of sabrina has been a pretty big hit Seems like, uh, in general, people have liked it, except for the Church of Satan. (laughs) (laughs) Or the Satanic Temple. Yes, Satanic Temple. Right. Yeah, they just... Church of Satan was like, whatever, dude. Yeah, because... Because that's what they do. Yeah. Uh, That's like... like, It sounds like... uh, um, uh, What's what's the fucking word? Um... I don't know. It, it it sounds odd to say, but I like Satanists in their philosophy. Well, I mean, the whole reason they chose the name the Church of Satan was to try and be like ironic. Yeah. 
And I wonder if they regret that now. Because <laughs> they get lumped in with the Satanic Temple and like the Black Satanists. Well, the Satanic Temple came from the, the Church of Satan, I'm pretty sure. Oh, really? Yeah, I think they're an offshoot. Oh. But the Satanic, you know, the Satanic Church, um, or, the, or the, sorry, the Church of Satan, they're, they're basically like anarchists and, and punk rockers, basically, in their philosophy, where it's just like... Fuck or it. like the hedonism bot. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> if it feels good, do it. Yeah. It's just like they basically believe that uh, there is no God. There is no afterlife. Do what you want all the time. Have a good time all the time. Always eat the worm. <laughs> yes. They are secretly run by Coconut Pete. <laughs> That'd be awesome. <laughs> It'd be awesome if... Uh, um, uh, Bill, 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 Bill Pullman. Pullman. Couldn't remember his last name. Nope. Paxton. Paxton. <laughs> Damn it. I knew I was going to do that too. Asshole. You made me sound like a fool. <laughs> In my head, I'm going, nope, it's Pullman. It's, not, it's Pullman. It's not Paxton. It's Pullman. Then as soon as it came out of my mouth, I went, nope, you're wrong. Definitely Paxton. Idiot. Yeah. It'd be cool if Bill Paxton was secretly still alive running the Church of Satan as Coconut Pete. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be really convoluted, but. Wouldn't make any sense whatsoever. <laughs> but it'd be awesome. Um. Anyway, uh, I would like their philosophy because you know so many other religions are just like, oh, better not do that. You know, these are these set rules that we must abide by. Because you better not. Yeah, you better not. Right. Um, and Alkaline Trio are all Satanists, so and they're cool. I think it's just Matt Skiba uh, and Derek. Derek is for sure. I don't know about Dan. Oh, whatever. Um. Anyway, yeah, so the Satanic Temple did not like the show because they used their... Their Baphomet. Yeah, their custom Baphomet. Um, and yeah, it's stupid. It was like, did you did you watch the show? Yeah. Did you watch the Christmas episode? Yeah. Did you notice the statue was still there? Yep. <laughs> They're talking about it like it won't be in future episodes. So they must have already filmed that one. They must have, yeah. But they added something to the credits, I think. Oh, is that what it was? Yeah. Okay. Anyway, um, yeah, there was some kind of settlement between the show's fun. A lot of people bitch about it, um, saying it's too much like Riverdale. It's like, oh, surprise, guys. It's written by the same people. <laughs> um, or maybe not written, but it's like it's like the same people that do, that do Riverdale. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, anyway, keep losing track of what I'm talking about. Uh, there is a prequel novel coming. Uh, this summer, titled Season of the Witch. Um, it promises to reveal a side of Sabrina not seen on the new Netflix show. Uh, it takes place during the summer before her 16th birthday, and Sabrina Spellman knows that her world is about to change. She's always studied magic and spells with her aunts, Hilda and, and Zelda, uh, but she's also lived a normal lived a normal mortal life, attending Baxter High, hanging out with her friends Susie and Roz, and going to the movies with her boyfriend, Harvey Kinkle. Harvey Kinkle. Harvey Keitel. <laughs> That'd be fucking hilarious. <laughs> Harvey Firestein. Okay, uh, Sabrina. <laughs> let's go to the movies. <laughs> oh, now time is running out on her everyday normal world, normal world and leaving behind Roz and Susie and Harvey is a lot harder than she thought it would be. Especially because Sabrina isn't sure how Harvey feels about her. 
Her cousin Ambrose suggests performing a spell to discover Harvey's true feelings. But when a mysterious wood spirit interferes, the spell backfires in a big way. Sounds like a fucking commercial for a sitcom. (laughs) From the 80s. Yeah. Uh, Sabrina has always been attracted to the power of being a witch, but now she can't help but wondering if that power is leading her down the wrong path. Will she choose to forsake the path of light and follow the path of night? Question mark. When do the, where do the masks come in? The masks? Yeah. Cause it's season of the witch. It's, uh, it's Halloween three. Uh, it's dumb. It's a dumb <laughs> joke. Shut up. It is a dumb joke. Um, <laughs> boo this man. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So I'm really looking forward to season two. I'm not so sure about this prequel. It seems unnecessary. Yeah. I mean, if I feel like it covered a lot of this in like the first few episodes. Yeah. And kind of like recaps and flashbacks and stuff. Yeah. So I don't really understand what they're going to talk about that they didn't already cover in the show. And I don't really care. Not really. No, I haven't. I have no desire or intention to read this. So that's fun. But it is coming out on July 9th. For those of you who do care. <laughs> um, and I feel, you know, the show is based sort of loosely on the comic book series. So, again, I feel like this has probably been covered in the comic series, too. Probably. I don't know. Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. <laughs> the quest for more money. <laughs> yep. Yep. Whatever happened to Spaceballs 2? There's so much talk in like recent years about them do actually doing that and never came to fruition. I, I don't know. <laughs> Why not? Sweet. Wanna move on? Yep. Okay. Oh, actually, no, I don't want to talk about this. (laughs) Tough shit. Uh, For some fucking stupid reason, uh, New Line has decided they're going to reboot Final Destination. Man, New Line is just on a roll. Apparently, they decided that five movies was about as much as they could bleed this thing dry. (laughs) So let's just start over. Because why not? Let's get a new melon and juice that. Uh, It's going to be written by... Two guys we talked about earlier, Patrick Melton and Marcus Dunstan, who are probably best known for writing, you know, the good saws, four through seven. <laughs> you know, the, the saws that everyone remembers. Right. Uh, as well as the upcoming scary stories to tell in the dark. Which could be good. Who knows? It might. It's got GDT producing. He doesn't really uh, stand for bad movies. So. Not usually. <laughs> and except, plus, except it's Mama. Being, Mama plus it's being directed by Andre Overdahl. Right. The Troll Hunter and... Uh, troll. The Troll Hunter. And... Uh, is this helping? <laughs> or is this no, I just feel like a beatnik. <laughs> uh, the... The one of the Mule Hirsch and Brian Cox. Uh, oh, Autopsy of Jane Doe. Thank you. I wasn't sure where you are going with that. <laughs> I didn't know if you were talking about a person or... Oh. <laughs> or... Or what? Uh, so this is being billed as a reimagining of the franchise. How do you reimagine this? It's like the plot itself is very thin. 
It's always been very thin. All five movies, the plot is kids escape death, death chases them down. Yeah. The the whole movie franchise is built around these creative deaths. Right. That's really the only thing these movies have going for them. It's it's the only thing worth watching. The first movie was pretty good. Yeah. Um, because, you know, it had Devin Sawa. <laughs> of Idle Hands. Right. Uh, and Allie Larder. No, not Allie Larder. Yeah. Yeah, Allie Larder. Yeah. Right? She played Clear. Huh? Her character's name was Clear. How do you remember that? I don't know, because it's a stupid name. <laughs> sure. Uh, yeah. It we, also had uh, Sean William Scott. And Tony Todd. Well, of course, they all had Tony Todd. Did they? I think so. Hey, shut up. He, like, was death, basically. He was, like, the personification. I mean, that's, yeah, kind of. He was a mortician. Yeah. Or a... Uh... They having a party in the hallway? What the fuck? Keep walking, bitch. But yeah, so uh, plot details are not yet revealed. Not that there are any. Yeah, I, I think I just told you the plot details. <laughs> I don't think the, I need an official synopsis to People know. die in completely unrealistic ways. That's it. Yeah, because they escape death in a realistic way. And so now death is really pissed off, so he's going to be real creative. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, death is like MacGyver. It's the MacGyver of death. <laughs> uh, this, Like I said, this is coming from New Line. Who, if you remember last episode, we talked about how they were just too busy with the Conjuring universe to focus on anything else horror. Right. We can't focus. We can't worry about rebooting Nightmare on Elm Street right now because we are too focused on the Conjuring universe. But now they're going to reboot Final Destination instead. Ain't nobody want that. Did anybody ask for this? <laughs> no. <laughs> also, what is the difference between a reboot and a sequel for Final Destination? I feel like every movie is something different. It's a quiet place like what we were just talking about it's that kind of sequel yeah where it's, it's different people in the same scenarios calling this a reimagining is so fucking trite because what are you going to do what are you, what are you going to change about this to make it different yeah the only thing i can think of is they're like well we're going to reboot it because the plane crash was the best thing we had so we're just going to do that again <laughs> but yeah i mean the whole point the whole name of the movie came from the plane crash <laughs> if they re if they basically uh, reboot the movie and just or reboot the series, not, not no, it's reimagining. So it's essentially a remake because that's it seems like reimagining always implies they're just remaking the first movie. Yeah, in a slightly different way, more or less. Yeah, like in a barely noticeable way. So you have to figure that's what they're doing. If that's not what they're doing, then what's the fucking point? Because it's just a sequel. Yeah. Stupid fucking industry terms, I swear to God. Oh, yeah, it's awful. It's as soon as we get tired of one, they come up with a new one that means the same thing. Yeah. Well, it's not a reboot, it's a reimagining. It's a spiritual sequel or... Oh, fuck off, J.J. Abrams. It's like, that is not a thing, asshole. So, yeah, uh, that's happening. Get hype about Final Destination, the new class. (laughs) (laughs) I... Devin Sawa has to make a, a, a cameo, right? I mean, I guess. I hope so. And I hope he has his green Liberty Spikes from SLC Punk. <laughs> did you see SLC Punk 2? I never did. Oh, my God. That's what I've heard. It's sad. Because, I mean, the first one is awesome. And the second one just kind of sucks. I mean, the first one ends on kind of a down note. Well, yeah. But it's, I don't know. 
it's weird. I don't understand the point. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, I mean, Machine when Gun Kelly's in it, and he sucks. Ugh. Yeah. When they first announced it, I was just like, but why? <laughs> like, well, what, did somebody want that? <laughs> it's like, I think, yeah, uh, Steve-O's not even in it. Right. Uh, Heroin Bob's in it, but he's a ghost. Or he's like a, like, he's a... He's like telling the story from like beyond the grave or something like that. He's like basically like the film's narrator, but he's dead. Fucking poser. <laughs> Only posers die. Um, it's like that movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the line from the movie. The one we're talking about. Yeah. yeah. Uh, How did we get on this? I don't remember. Oh, Devin Sawa. Oh, right. <laughs> so Idle Hands. That, I don't know, just while we're talking about Devin Sawa. I'm trying to see Idle Hands too, though. I would watch the shit out of an Idle Hands too. Fuck yeah. Unless it was like a reimagining. Oh, God damn it. Then it would suck. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, Devin Sawa is in his 40s. Um, I think Jessica Alba was around there too. Um, so, so they're married, but it's not going well. They don't have sex anymore. But And so he uses one hand to relieve a little tension. Other hand, all of a sudden, Demon comes back. He grows back a Demon hand? Yep. <laughs> Did you just have a stump at the end of the first one? Sorry, I know that's not politically correct. Whatever. I don't. I don't think saying stump is politically correct. There's a politically correct term for having a stump. <laughs> Amputee, I think probably. Well, sure, that's what you call the person. You don't call the person a a stumpy, <laughs> a stumper, <laughs> or just a stump. Yeah, but it, you can like. Well, you say am- amputated limb. It's like that is the limb that is no longer connected to you. You can't call the stump that remains your amputated limb because there's no limb there. All right. I don't know what the, if there's a term. I don't even know if that is politically incorrect. But Whatever. People just need to shut up. <laughs> uh, anyway. If you're missing a limb, message me on Facebook and tell me what the politically correct name is. Sure. Uh I mean, if they wanted to make a reboot of Idle Hands, but then actually like get a sequel out of it, sure. What if he has like an electric hand, like a robot hand, like Luke Skywalker or Buster, <laughs> or Buster? <laughs> and the the AI goes haywire. <laughs> You'd watch that. You'd watch that. I mean, ironically, sure. <laughs> It's Idle Hands 2. Of course you're going to watch it fucking ironically. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Why don't people hire us? We have amazing pitches. Idle Hands 2, reboot of Police Academy. Let's go. Dude, that reboot of Police Academy would fucking work, man. Dude, so good. Ryan Reynolds is like the fucking perfect Hightower. Or not Hightower. <laughs> <laughs> nope. <laughs> Mahoney. I did think of a good Hightower, though. Shaq. He's old, though. Hightower wasn't young. He's around the same age as everyone else. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, Shaq has got to be pushing 60, right? I don't think he's that old, is he? I, I don't know. You know, as much as I hate him, who make, might make a good... 46. Uh, really? Okay, I thought he was older than that. Who might make a good Hightower... Uh, even though I hate him, is uh, LeBron James. What about Terry Crews? 
it, it'd have to be a different kind of high tower, I think. Yeah. Like more a more comical one. Like High Tower was always he was funny because he was so straight laced. Yeah. Not not so much straight laced, but just kind of even keeled. That's true. But like I think I told you a good uh um Jones, Jay Farrell. But instead of sound effects, he does impressions. Yeah, I don't know if I like that. You don't like that? I don't know if I like it. Why? I don't know. Because it's not the thing. It's not a thing? <laughs> no. It's a gimmick. The whole thing was that he had the sound effects. But the whole thing could be impressions now. Like he does like voices. Like he calls people on the phone and he just like does impressions of Bowser and stuff. Yeah. Or Mauser. Mauser. That was Mouser. a sequel. Mauser. Um but it could, who uh who who'd be the commandant? Let's just let's just just draft out our whole police academy pitch here. <laughs> Who's gonna be Tackleberry? Ooh, that's a tough one. Josh Brolin? Mm, maybe. I could see that working, but yeah. there might be a better one out there somewhere. Michael Rappaport? <laughs> <laughs> we can't just <laughs> cast Michael Rappaport in everything, Taylor. We can't not. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Look for the uh, reimagining of Police Academy coming. Stop from- saying reimagining. <laughs> Call it a fucking reboot. <laughs> from Grave Plot Productions. As soon as we acquire the rights, should be easy. <laughs> you know, nobody's using them. <laughs> anyway, that's gonna do it for our business, guys. Yay! This was obnoxiously long. This was something. We were all over the place. It was a mess. <laughs> Um, so we're going to go ahead and jump into Let's talk about some real movies. Yeah. I mean, as in that they actually exist. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Let's do that. All right. Here we are, guys. This is how we end the show. This is how the world ends. Well, you know, not with a bang, but with a whisper. <laughs> whisper? Whimper? What the fuck? Uh, yeah. You ever do that? You just say something and you, like, and you immediately know it's wrong? Yeah. Like when he said Bill Pullman. <laughs> <laughs> like, right, that's all right. <laughs> this is all wrong. Anyway, uh, two movies that we're going to talk about. Like I said, one is horror, one just isn't. It's a thriller, kind of. That's a reach. There's supernatural elements to it. I guess. I mean, there is, sure, but whether that qualifies, I don't know. Yeah. You be the judge. Anyway, uh, which one are you going to start with, Taylor? Let's start with that one. Let's get cagey. Oh, this is... (laughs) Are you going to say it? This is the 2018 film uh, Between Worlds. I don't understand how it happened, but the universe given me a second chance. I need your help with my daughter. What are you doing here? 
Without your help, my daughter would be gone now. Try and get some rest. I brought her back. You brought someone back. I missed you. you. When you go to the other side, are there other people there? His wife and his daughter, they died in a fire. I missed you. Never leave me alone again. I'm not gonna let it go wrong this time. All right, so, uh, between Worlds, uh, written, directed, and produced by Maria, I lost her name, Maria Pulera, um, who I've never heard of. Me neither. She doesn't even have a Wikipedia page, so. Uh, starring Nicolas Cage um, and Franca Patente, who you'd know from uh, the the Bourne movies, uh, Run the Little Run. Um she plays Julie? Hmm? She plays Julie? Or Billy? Uh, Julie. Oh, okay. Um, girl that plays Billy. She was in... She looked familiar, and she was in Hemlock Grove, so I'm thinking that's probably where I've seen her before, but I can't place her character. Uh, Maria Pulera previously directed Falsely Accused. Oh. Yeah, I don't know. And she has a new movie coming out called El Matador. Okay. That she's currently working on. Neat. Uh, so, yeah, this is billed as a supernatural thriller. Um, it's a bit of a reach. It's not very thrilling. <laughs> no, not particularly. Uh, it was shot in Sweden and Alabama. Really? That's weird. That is quite weird. I mean, it takes place in Alabama, right? Yes. Um, I don't understand. Anyway, so, you know, Nicolas Cage, he's been on a hot streak. Like, <laughs> what? What? Hasn't he? Has he? Well, Mom and Dad, which sounded like it was going to be stupid. Oh, Mom and Dad's so fucking great. Mom and Dad was awesome. Then Mandy, which looked like it could have been stupid, but it was awesome. The second half of it was awesome. Yeah. (laughs) So, you know, I started up this movie thinking, is Nicolas Cage going to get the hat trick? And he didn't. (laughs) Spoiler alert. This is not a good movie. Uh, it was weird and awkward to watch. It is weird, for sure. Um, so this story follows Joe, um, who is played by Nicolas Cage. Uh, he's a truck driver, like a semi-truck driver, who he, he's like been losing business. Um, he, just, he can't seem to find jobs. Um, he's on the verge of... Losing his truck, and so he goes to Las Vegas with his long lost son to participate in an arm wrestling competition. Wait, what? That's over the top. <laughs> that is over the top. That's a kick ass movie. Well, yeah. Sly. I, yeah. <laughs> we're not talking about that movie, though. I wish we were talking about that. 
anyway, um, yeah, so uh, Joe, he, like I said, he's kind of a, a, a loner. Uh, his wife and child died tragically in a fire um, that burned down their home. And he's just kind of been on his own since then. Uh, he was at a truck stop and overhears some noise coming from the bathroom where we find Julie being choked out by some random dude in a bathroom stall. Joe kicks down the door and beats the hell out of this guy. And both the guy and Julie are like, no, don't stop. <laughs> you don't understand. Uh, and so Julie, yeah, she's like, you ruined it. Yeah. And so like, I thought it was like a sex thing. So did I, but it's like, like I, I had the hardest time figuring out what her lot in life was. <laughs> she's a truck driver too, which I presume is why she was there to begin with. Um, but that like plays no role in the movie. No. Aside from the fact that she has a truck. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I can detect your confusion. <laughs> I actually didn't realize she was a truck driver, but I remember her going into the truck and getting her purse. Yeah. And, and then, that's like the only mention of a truck. Well, then later well, on, then they're like, working on her, on her truck when she like dri- drops the uh, ratchet uh, on him. Yeah. 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 But I mean, if it weren't for that, you'd have no idea. Yeah. Especially because she never actually drives the truck. <laughs> right. Um, anyway, so she's explaining like a lot, like right off the bat, but like little details, like my, you don't understand. I was trying to fix it. And like my daughter's in a coma and she gets a phone call and she says, Oh, my daughter's out of the coma. And then they rush to the hospital and Joe takes her cause he's a nice guy. Sort of. Uh, does this sound as fractured as it actually was? I mean, you're you're on point so far. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so they, yeah, they find out that her her daughter Billy, um, played by oh, Penelope Mitchell. Billy. <laughs> Penelope Mitchell. Penelope. Um, from the Oral Roberts. <laughs> she was uh, uh, in a uh, motorcycle crash. Um. And is doing these, the whole movie does this weird thing where it like will jump either back or forward in time uh, with just like quick little glimpses, but then it'll always come back to like the scene that we were focused on. It was weird and really jarring. Yeah. Like it, it, it was fucking me up because I was having a really hard time keeping up already. Just because well, it doesn't give you any indication that it's like a flashback. Yeah. It just happens. Yeah. Uh, like, so. They they go to the hospital and Billy's uh, she's just come out of or no she was in her coma or she had just come out of her coma and then she uh, coded you know she she essentially died um, so while they're trying while the doctors and nurses are trying to revive her Julie goes out into the stairwell of Joe and tells her tells him to choke her because she has this ability that actually I guess she's already told the story. Um, that when she was a child, she um, drowned. Like she, her and her sister fell into, or fell through ice on a lake, uh, and she drowned. And before she was rescued, she actually crossed over to the other side and saw other spirits. And now she has found that when she gets choked to the point of suffocation, she can actually travel to the other side for a brief moment. So she instructs Joe to do this to her 
so she can essentially die and bring the spirit of her daughter back into her body. She does this, and I don't remember what when she sees the spirit. Is it her daughter or is it Joe's wife? Um, I don't remember because I, I mean, they they have like similar hair, so I yeah, I, I mean, they're both very thin and they both have long blonde hair. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there there are points in the movie where I, it took me a, a few seconds to realize that it wasn't the same character, right? Yeah, because it was so seamless when they would like jump back and forth. Yeah. And just, anyway, um, so she goes in and she thinks she brings her daughter back with her because her daughter suddenly comes back, uh, in the hospital bed, um. But she starts talking to Joe like like they know each other, mm-hmm. and Joe just kind of doesn't really think much of it. He thinks she's just kind of out of it because she was, you know, yeah. obviously she just came out of a coma, so she's probably a little loopy. Yeah, and probably full of morphine and shit too. So, and so just because we know the story already, we you know we've read the plot synopsis, or not plot synopsis, but just like the 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 story. Well, I guess synopsis. I don't know the blurb on the back of the. DVD. <laughs> That's what we read. Well, we didn't. I don't know. I'm gonna, not literally. This is not important. I'm not going to talk about that part <laughs> anymore. Uh, we know that this is actually Joe's wife, Maria. Mary. Um, she has, instead of Billy coming back into her own body, Mary has put her spirit into Billy's body. Um, and so Joe and Julie are not wise to this. Uh, and so, you know, antics occur where Billy slash Mary is basically trying to come on to Joe almost the entire movie. And he's just like, Whoa, dude, I'm, I'm fucking your mom right now. By the way, they started fucking like right away. Oh yeah. Like Julie was very thankful for this awkward looking motherfucker to drive her to the hospital and then let her take a nap while he watched over her daughter. And then they like basically become a couple like right away. Yeah. Like three, literally three days later, it says three days later and it's like he lives there and he loses his truck. He doesn't have a home because it burned down. Right. He doesn't have a family. So he's more or less homeless, (laughs) but it, it isn't like, she's like, you know, I know you're struggling. You can stay here for a while. It's just like, Hey, we're fucking, why don't you live here? Yeah. It's like, so he, so it's three days later from the, the day at the, the hospital, they bring Billy back home and he's like, okay, well I, I gotta go. Um, and he calls her, calls her baby. Yeah. Which is just weird. Like when, when in your relationship had you ever called somebody baby? Oh, never. Oh really? Yeah. No. Okay. I only done that in one relationship. Thinking back on it, it was weird. I would never do it again. Um, it's like, my wife and I have had discussions about that, how creepy it is that people call each other baby. Yeah. Anyway. You guys just call each other wife and husband. Yeah. I call my girlfriend Cheese. Cheese? Yeah. She hates like, it. Cheese. Yes. <laughs> I do that too, and she fucking hates it. <laughs> and she doesn't seem to realize that the more she hates it, the more I want to do it. Women are weird. Yeah. They're silly. They don't understand things. Um. Jesus Christ, what the fuck is wrong with your neighbors? I don't know. This is not common. I swear this never happened. <laughs> um, anyway, so... He's, yeah, he's, so he's... I gotta go. Uh, I'm three days behind on my schedule. 
I have to, wherever this is in Alabama, he's like, I have to get to Mobile um, to get a job. Uh, so yeah, he goes to Mobile and his truck is being repossessed. Like he was three days behind on his sh- on his schedule. So his boss or whoever was paying him said, okay, well you cost us money. So he, uh, by our numbers, once we take out what you owe us for being late, uh, says we owe you 18 bucks. So here's a 20, keep the change. And then some guy came, comes in and says, Hey, they're taking your truck. He's like, Oh, of course. What else could go wrong today? Um, and then, yeah, that's when he shows back up on Julie's porch saying, Hey, babe, I'm back. Yeah. It wasn't like, Hey, I'm in a, in a tight spot. Like they took my truck. I got nowhere to go. Yeah. He's just like, Hey, I'm, I'm home, honey. I'm home. <laughs> and she's like, okay. He's like, I told you I'd be back. <laughs> um, anyway. So, I mean, neither of them are wise to the fact that Billy is Mary now. Um, But Mary, man, she's just going whole hog. Like, she's just walking around in skimpy clothes, like like a shirt with no bra on, so her nipples are poking through, and just tiny little panties. Um, And uh, then she's like, "Is is that Julie's? Teddy that she takes out of a drawer and it's like, like standing in her bedroom with the door open, like naked, like holding up the Teddy in front of her where Joe just kind of walks by. Yeah. I don't know if it was Julie's or if it was hers, whatever. Um, well, also there was a, a box in Joe's truck and it like contained basically everything he had in the world. Yeah. Which is like a photo and a necklace and, uh, his wife's rings. Right. Yeah. I mean, He's 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 freaking out because he said that the the people that repossessed his truck won't give him any of his personal property um, be, until he pays like five hundred bucks or something like that. Yeah. So then Julie goes and pays it for him because apparently she's his sugar mama now. <laughs> um, yeah. So Billy starts like going through the stuff because it's actually Mary and she's like you know having all these memories. Yeah. Um. Yeah, like even if you don't know going into it, it's pretty obvious to the audience right away what's happened. Yeah. Um I mean they don't really make any secret of it. No. Um But so it's kind of weird when there's you know, she makes the big reveal to Joe. And is in the audience you're just like Joe's like, uh Yeah. And we're just like, Yeah, we know. Like, is this supposed to be a reveal for us? Because we <laughs> figured like, this out a long time ago. Like, I mean, yeah. Right? right. Yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway, so I mean, eventually she reveals to him that she's actually Mary, and she's a bitch. Yeah, she's awful. She's a terrible person. Yeah, I mean, and she's like, "Hey, let's go kill some dudes and then run away." Um, and he's like, "No, right? <laughs> no." <laughs> But she, yeah, she's like, so she, she she's like, well, why are you fucking Julie? And it's like, well, you were dead. <laughs> um, and uh, she's like, well, we have to get her out of the way. And he's like, no, right? <laughs> no. Then she's like, okay, we'll start fucking me. And he's like, okay. <laughs> yeah. And even before he knew, 
he let her give her an old fashioned, or he, he let her give him an old fashioned in for a front of Julie. Yeah, Julie's like making some kind of rodent or something for dinner, <laughs> whatever the fuck that was. It was some kind of like whole skinned animal. He tried to kind of get out of it because, like, while Billy was rubbing him off, mm-hmm. he was like, "I can help you with dinner." Yeah, yeah. She comes in with this animal, whatever the fuck it was. I swear it looked like a giant rat it's or something. Awesome. Yeah, <laughs> fucking Alabama. Um, and. She comes in. She's like, Bill, or she's like standing behind them on the couch, or there on the couch, and she's standing behind them, so she can't really see what's going on. But yeah, she's just sitting there jerking his dick, and he's like, uh, uh, and she's like, Billy, come help me with dinner. She's like, No, I don't feel well. <laughs> and then yeah, Joe's like, I can help you. She's like, No, that's fine. Like, Please, <laughs> can I help you with that? Please. <laughs> Yeah, so things just get weird. Um, I don't know. He tries to wear a hat a couple times, and just... <laughs> he tries to wear a hat. That's that's like one of the big standouts for me is how weird he looked wearing a fucking hat. And his hat says "The Turkey and the Wolf." <laughs> what the fuck is that? I don't know. I've never seen uh, him look so fucking disgusting. Oh yeah, he looks terrible in this. Like. Uh, that movie Drive Angry, where he kind of looked the same, like he had long hair and he was dressed in leather and just looked sc- scummy. He didn't even look that gross then. Yeah. In Mandy, when he was covered in dirt and blood, he didn't look this <laughs> gross. He just looked unkempt. Um. <laughs> At one point, he's like, Julie's trying to fuck him, and he's like, you know, I smell like two days on the road, and it's like you look like longer than that. <laughs> Um, it's weird because he seems to go like in and out of full cage in this. Yeah. There's times when you actually like, you're like, oh, Nick Cage can act when he wants to. <laughs> but then like there's a scene when, when he first is trying to get Julie to explain the whole choking thing. And he's just like, what does that have to do with you getting choked? <laughs> oh God, I love Nicolas Cage. <laughs> Oh, at one point he's doing a, he has a flashback where he's fucking his wife and she's like, read from memory for me. And he's like, again, he's like, yes. And he pulls up this blue book that says memories by By Nicholas Cage. Cage. (laughs) What is this? Is Is this memoirs? I don't know. It's like, is this a book I haven't read yet? It doesn't exist. It's not real. You already looked it up. Of course I looked it up. Like this is my next purchase on Amazon, but it I'll take eight. <laughs> and then he's like, he's kind of reading these things that sound like he probably actually wrote them. He probably did. <laughs> I hope he did. They probably just gave him a blank book and just like just talk, <laughs> talk about your sexual escapades because that's pretty much what it sounded like. Yep. Um. Yeah. There's this one scene where him and Julie are getting stoned, and I think they may have actually been high. <laughs> Because they were just acting both so weird. She like starts talking. And he's just like, "What? Yeah, what? What? And he's, what? <laughs> yeah, he does that <laughs> that laugh that only high people do. And I don't know. Maybe maybe that was just some primo acting from both of them. I don't know. But that was like, if they weren't high, that was the most convincing high people I've ever seen, <laughs> or fake high people. Um. Anyway. Uh. Yeah, I mean, there's not a lot to the movie. It kind of like, once he figures out that it's Mary 
everything just kind of he buys in right away too yeah it was like if my oh, my wife's not dead but if she were dead and she, rest her soul <laughs> If she were dead and her spirit, or she took over the body of someone else and that person was telling me that she was my wife, uh, I would not believe her for several days. Yeah. Like in, you know, watching an hour and a half long movie. Yeah. It kind of takes a little while. Yeah. But in real time, it takes about 10 minutes yeah. to explain no, I'm the ghost of your dead wife in the body of this supple young woman. Right. Which I think is probably part of the reason he bought so quickly. Right. She was like, I want you to fuck me. I'm this 20-year-old girl. And he's like, well, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that all checks out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's like, I'm I'm your dead wife, Mary. I know everything about you. He's like, I don't think you're Mary. Mary's dead. She's like, no, I am. He's like, okay. <laughs> she calls him by his last name. He's like, whoa. <laughs> I mean, she does say some things that, she, like, at no point did he, like, he, he a bit of a ham-fisted uh, uh, point in the movie where he's saying, oh, I can't even say my daughter's name. Yeah. It hurts too much. And then she actually says the daughter's name. At what at this point in the movie, we've never heard the girl's name. She's like, don't you miss Sarah? And he's like, what? <laughs> 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 and he's like, "Oh, you must be my wife. Let me fuck you now." <laughs> Bend over. Um man, that girl, she like showed as much side boob as you could possibly show with actually without actually ever showing nipple. Yep. It was frustrating. <laughs> it's like not because I necessarily wanted to see her boobs so badly, it was just the fact that I couldn't and it was like <laughs> so close. Yeah. It's like when uh, when you're trying to merge lanes in front of somebody before you get to the stoplight, and you can't. It's kind of like that. Sure. It's that same, not not exactly that situation. It's just kind of that same feeling. It's just like, oh, damn, it's so close. Yeah. It's like you know, I can get over later, but it's like, just just give it to me. Like, yeah. come on. <laughs> Please don't be a dick. Just back off so I can get over. <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah. And things just, at, at this point, things just start getting silly. Uh, I don't know. I feel like it tries to catch up for a, a movie that was like completely devoid of any like real action, like try to catch up and do a bunch of shit in like the last 15 minutes of the movie. Well, and like, it doesn't make sense because by all accounts, Joe is a decent guy. Like he's, he's not a, a saint by any means. Yeah. But he means well, and he, he you know tries to be a good person. But then as soon as Mary comes back, she's like, we're going to go fuck shit up. And he's like, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's do that. <laughs> and then you find out what a shitty person Mary is, yeah. by the way. And like I said, Joe just buys in. Yeah. Um, he's a little trepidatious, but like not to the point that he should be. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, I mean, that's that's kind of it, I guess. Yeah, more or less. We don't want to give away the very end, although it's not really anything. I mean, it's as far as movies go, it's kind of like right at that sweet spot. It's about an hour and a half long. Yeah. Uh, but it feels really short because not a lot happens. Yeah. So I feel like 
while I probably, I don't think another 10 or 15 minutes could have saved it. I don't know what they would have done. I, I think they should have backed off all of the, like, uh, the back and f- like the will they won't they thing and just like have Joe find out earlier in the movie and then have them like start doing all the shit they did in the last 15 minutes. Yeah. Just do more of it. Yeah. Cause then fair. it probably would have been more of a, th- of a thriller. Yeah. And it probably would have ex- like made more sense too. Cause he would have like had to have been coaxed into it and kind of move up to some of the, you know, larger treason. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As opposed to the light treason. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, so the acting was fine. I mean, there's nothing award winning. I mean, the acting was Nicholas Cage. Well, yeah, it, it was cagey. It was, it was cagey. Like you said, there are times when he is like peak Nicholas Cage. And then, like I said, there's other times where you're going, oh, that's right. He's actually a pretty good actor. Yeah. He's, he's all right. <laughs> People just think he's a joke. Yeah. Because of the moments where he goes full cage. <laughs> Like how everybody thinks that like Vampire's Kiss is like like the pinnacle of Cage, uh, when that was like thirty years ago. He's done weirder things since then. Yeah, I mean, it feels like people keep bringing that up. So in two thousand eighteen, Nicholas Cage was like, "Hold my beer." Yeah, <laughs> he's like, "I'm turning this shit up to 11. <laughs> anyway, um, did you see who did the music? Yeah, Angelo Badalamente. Yeah. Or Minty. Um, guy who did the Twin Peaks music. It was funny because Cheese was actually like, this sounds like <laughs> this sounds like Twin Peaks music. For like a split second, I'm like, wait, who's Cheese? <laughs> She's like, this sounds like Twin Peaks music. And then there was another part that sounded like um, Audrey's song. Really? So I didn't pick and, up on it. See, I didn't pick up when she mentioned it. But then there's a moment later and I said, like I said, it sounds like Audrey's song. And I was like, now this sounds like Twin Peaks. Mm. And then as soon as it popped up in the credits, I was like, oh, well, there you go. Yeah, I, I, I spotted his name in the opening credits. Oh, cool. And um, there were some other names I recognized, but I can't. Oh, maybe I'm, th- I'm thinking about Hellfest. Never mind. Um, but yeah, I, like I wasn't really, I didn't really have an ear out for the music, um, but nothing really struck me as Twin Peaks-y. Hmm. But I mean, if you heard it then yeah i mean like i said she picked up on it first so kudos to her but um i'm reading this review on rogerdebert.com and they actually like compare it to twin peaks and say it's very lynchian i don't get that i mean if you look at the wikipedia page for this movie it doesn't offer much but it does say that uh um according to director maria polera she initially wrote the film as a standard thriller but later made it a much more surreal drama in the vein of david lynch all right. I mean, I I feel like... I mean, David, I get that in parts, I guess. Yeah. But like the, the feel of it doesn't feel Lynchian to me. Not really. I, th- I think if Dave Lynch did this, it'd be much weirder. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, did you see The Family Guy with when uh, how David Lynch stole Christmas? <laughs> no. He like comes down the chimney and he gives this girl a gift. He goes like, here, I got you a present. It's a finger. And she's like, ew. And he's like, don't look away. Look at it. Let the fear wash over you. <laughs> All right, I got to go. I'll see you in the future or in the past. <laughs> and it's actually David Lynch doing the voice. That's awesome. It's so good. <laughs> um, 
anyway, so yeah, it just in the end, it kind of becomes a battle for Billy's body and Joe's, but not of, like in a sexy way. No, <laughs> kind of a, like a this is boring way. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's not a great movie. It's not. I don't really think I'll be watching this ever again. No, like when she's explaining to Joe that it's Mary in her body, it's it's like I found that part a little bit engaging, even though I already knew everything that she was saying. But it was like just you know that moment I thought was good. The rest of the movie was kind of kind of meh. The very end was so dumb. It yeah, that was a little enchant. I mean, yeah, sure, but it's just like okay. We need to wrap this up. Yeah, we have, we have to. We have to finish at like 11 p.m. tonight before my mom comes home. <laughs> or it's like and 90 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. It just seemed really brief and cut off, especially compared to how drawn out the rest of the movie was. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh. But I mean, aside from that, it, it looked good. Um. Like I said, the acting was fine. Um, nothing to write home about. And if, if I feel like the story definitely had potential, not as a horror movie no. or, or even a, really a thriller, I'd call it more like a, I feel like this theme maybe would have played itself better as like a romantic comedy. Take out yeah. all of like the violent shit and like Joe being a dirt bag. <laughs> Take all of that out. And kind of recycle the theme and make it into a romantic comedy. I could see that. Well, I mean, there's no, like, redemption story either. Like, you would think that it would be like Mary would come back and he would kind of, you know, clean up his act and get it all together and not be this homeless truck driver with no truck. Yeah. But it's the exact opposite. Yeah. I mean, that would be the romantic comedy. Yeah. <laughs> and I guess in that scope, it is kind of Lynchian, where everything is just, nothing is good. That's true. <laughs> um. And everything's weird, and you don't really know why. Yeah. <laughs> so okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm starting. I'm starting to come around with the whole David Lynch thing. <laughs> um. I mean, David Lynch would have done it better. Well, yeah. And it would have been much weirder, like you said. Right. And uh, it's just not a not a not a good ending. I mean, in that the ending isn't great, and it's not great for the people. Right. Yeah. And it doesn't make a lot of sense. No, not particularly. And it's you know it again going back to what we were talking about how there's kind of like leaps forward and backwards in time and with no indication mm-hmm. somewhat of a spoiler there's like an interdimensional thing right which is also all of a sudden it's just happening yeah and you're just like oh wait what <laughs> where, are, where are we now yeah and i like how they at one point they go back to joe's burned down house that really isn't burned down at all like half of it is yeah it's like one room yeah like the front of the house is absolutely fine yeah like from the street you'd think it was a perfectly normal house right like they just were both in that room and they happened to burn down like they just happened to both be in that room and it burned down yeah like the story was that joe's wife fell asleep with a lit cigarette and burned the house down Mm -hmm. then you see the house and it's just a house yeah it looks like they're like homeless people living in it yeah um because it's not burned down so I mean, it's a completely suitable living space for a homeless person. Yeah, because it's not a burned down house. It looks like the patio burned down, right? Or the sunroom, or whatever yeah. the fuck it is. Um, you know the 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 skeletal remains of it look like uh, almost like a deck or something. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Anyway, uh, I guess that's kind of all I have to say about it. Yeah. 
um, I'm not I'm not judging it as a horror movie because it's not fair. Yeah. I'm just judging it on its own merits. Uh, four. Okay. Yeah. I mean, like I said, there there were times when I got generally engaged, specifically that one scene where she was, you know, the where she was monologuing the the big or reveal. Naked. The one where she was wait when oh with her butt yeah. Oh, yeah. Even though you couldn't see the front. Yeah. But yeah, there was actually two scenes where you saw her butt. Two scenes we saw her butt, and two scenes when you see about 97% <laughs> of her booby. <laughs> um, yeah, like I said, there were parts that were generally engaging, and it was, yeah, it's fine. Um, but yeah, the, the overall story doesn't make a lot of sense, and it just kind of plods along for a lot of it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think four is fair. All right. All right, so moving on, we're going to talk about a movie that came out uh, last year, right? Uh, was it last year? Yeah, yeah, I guess so. All right, and it uh, just came out on VOD very recently, so that was why we're watching it now. It's called Hellfest. VIP passes to help us. What is that? It's a traveling horror night. Has horror mazes in it. We will totally lose it in there. It's gonna be fun, right? <laughs> Why are we signing a waiver? Well, because the liability is. Hey, bitch. A couple years ago, some girl got totally gutted. Killer left her body in the park for three days. They thought she was a freaking prop. Some people are just evil. They walk among us. You think you scare me? No. Move. Look, the more scared you seem, the more they're gonna come after you. You have to just play it cool. Help me! Please help me! <laughs> you can just do it. insane right mm -hmm. yeah real <laughs> the same guy's been following us the entire night you take your job too seriously this really isn't funny dude Right? I can't arrest people for doing their job. Welcome to Hellfest. Hello? Hey, can you let me out of here? Okay, so Hellfest is directed by Gregory Plotkin. I believe this was his direct. No, this was the second movie he directed after the. I mean, I never saw it, but it looked god awful. Uh, Paranormal Activity: Ghost Dimension. Oh, okay. Um, 
he was previously an editor. He edited all the Paranormal Activity movies. So, so why not direct? Uh, written by Seth M. Sherwood, who I was on a panel with at Crypticon last year. Yeah. <laughs> as well as Blair Butler, Akella Cooper, William Pennick, Christopher Say, and Stephen Susco. Six people wrote this damn thing. Well, three of them did the story, and then three of them wrote the actual screen, sure. screenplay. But to six people to develop this thing from inception to shooting script. Yeah. That's silly. That's too many people. That's something we'll get into later. Uh, so we get the cold open of this amusement park. It's a, it's. I get the impression it's like a traveling thing. Yeah, they say it's like a traveling uh, attraction. Oh, did they actually say that? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's basically a amusement park that is all horror themed. And it looks pretty boss. It looks, yeah, pretty awesome. It looks a lot like um, Halloween Horror Nights, but without like the branding. Yeah. It's just, there's a lot of mazes and different attractions that kind of go with a theme. It's like Bloodfest. It's similar to Bloodfest. It's kind of the same theme. <laughs> it's a horror amusement park attra- attra- slash attraction. Um, but that was more of like a festival. That's kind of what this was, wasn't it? Well, this is more of an amusement park. I mean, it's called Hellfest. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got it's like Halloween Horror Nights along with Great American Nightmare, and I feel like I said that exact same thing about Bloodfest. Yeah. Um Yeah. Anyway, but anyway, yeah, so there's this one girl who's walking through this haunt alone for whatever reason. And this guy starts following her, and she's like, all right, look, I get it, you know, whatever. I'm lost. I'm trying to find my friends. Go fuck off. And so he stabs her. Yeah. Hangs yeah. her on a As hook. As you do. Yeah. Puts her on a hook, Texas Chainsaw style, and then just leaves her there. Was it a hook? I thought he just hung her. I thought it was a hook. Maybe yeah. not. Whatever. Same result. Yeah. Uh, flash forward. Uh, did they ever say how? Is it the next year? Two years, I think. Oh. Uh, so we're introduced to Natalie, or Nat, as all her friends call her. Mm-hmm. Uh, played by Amy Forsyth. Did you recognize her? No. She looked really familiar, and I could not pinpoint her. She was the bitchy daughter in American, uh, sorry, uh, in American, God damn it, A Christmas Horror Story. Oh. Yeah. All right. Uh, so she's meeting up with her former best friend, uh, Brooke, played by Rain Edwards. Uh they haven't talked for six years, I think they said. I, okay, I missed that part. There was I, I picked up on tension between them and like sh- how she's kind of like the friend that never hangs out. Uh, and she was like really wrapped up and focused in college or something. Yeah, I. they said something about not... I don't know if they hadn't seen each other in six years, if they hadn't talked in six years or whatever, but there was... Yeah, they hadn't... They at least hadn't seen each other in six years. Okay. I missed that part. Um... Yeah, so Brooke is still living in their old apartment. I guess they were roommates. They can't be that old. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. <laughs> like like us? That makes sense. Like, we we could have lived together and then gone gone away for six years and then come back. That would make sense. That's but, very similar to what did happen. <laughs> more or less, It was yeah. only three years, though. Yeah. But, like, they are, like, in their mid-20s. Yeah. That makes no sense. It doesn't make sense. Look at the woogie. 
Well, yeah, because I mean, if if they're twenty five, six years would be nineteen. I guess they could have been staying there in college. If it's like a campus, I think this is not worth picking apart. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Brooke lives with Taylor. What a dumb name. <laughs> I don't know why. Well, I was gonna say well, I don't know why she would have a man's name, but it's she's, she's played by Bex Taylor Klaus who is non-binary, so I'm going to try and say they. Ish? Is is they? <laughs> uh, yeah, Bex Taylor-Klaus came out as binary uh, last summer. I did not know that. In this movie... Well, they're still cute. They are played <laughs> as a female. Okay. The character, Taylor, is a female. This is... It's, that's a conversation that we don't need to have. No, I mean, not, not necessarily talking about that. It's just... The non-binary, uh, what's the word? Pronouns. It's to be difficult. Yeah. I don't usually do that. Not not maliciously. Just No, just because yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm ignorant. I'll admit it. <laughs> yeah. But so the, the three of them head off to Hellfest to meet up with Brooke's boyfriend, Quinn, and Taylor's boyfriend, Asher as well as Gavin, who Natalie wants to be her boyfriend. She wants that dick. She wants to see his dick. <laughs> she wants to see it. <laughs> she wants to touch it just a little. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> <laughs> so they'll go to Hellfest where Gavin has them VIP passes, which doesn't really serve a purpose at any point. Not other really. Than they, get, they just skip lines so yeah. we don't have to watch them standing in line. I mean, I guess that's a good... Uh, as good a reason as any. <laughs> sure. I mean, nobody wants to. Nobody wants to watch people in a movie stand in a line. Yeah. Unless it serves a purpose. But so we see the guy from the beginning of the movie. He's referred to as the other, which he's not referred to as at any point in the movie. Well, there's one point <clears throat> where there's like a bunch of people wearing his mask, mm-hmm. and they're referred to as the others. Oh, okay. I didn't catch that. So. Apparently that's where it came from, but yeah, he's wearing this mask and uh, and a hoodie. Yeah, not not your most uh, iconic looking slasher. No, in our uh, short, the campout, like I felt like our killer was more iconic looking. Yes, and it wasn't very good. <laughs> but so he shows up at the same time. He sets off the metal detector, and the guy like wands him, and is just like, all right, go ahead, whatever, fuck it. I hate my life. <laughs> I mean, he must have worked there. How else would he have the mask? Well, yeah, <laughs> I suppose. Wouldn't he have like a? Don't you think there'd be like an employee entrance though? I don't know. But yeah, he sets off the metal detector. The guy wands him. The wand goes off, and the guy's just like, "Go ahead, fuck my life." <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> Sir, did you do this? <laughs> no. You should really get this cleaned up. Uh yeah so oh <laughs> uh, we should have watched super bad we should watch super bad we should have watched it instead of between worlds <laughs> but so the guy's w- walking in and this he like sh- you know shoulder checks this girl and she's like what the fuck is your problem asshole you're not fucking scary <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't spit his face but she, she should have. Just to really hammer home that she's a bitch. Like three teenage, teenage white girls, they would have been all over him. 
Not in like a sexy way. No, in a in a bitch, I'm going to claw your eyes out way. Yeah. Because I don't understand people who go to like a haunted, you know, horror themed attraction and are just like, you're not scary. Yeah. They go there to like prove how tough they are. Yeah. Fuck yourself. Which is just stupid. But so the other is like, well, boom, target acquired. And then that we just kind of go back to our, our group of idiots, the, the Scooby gang. Oh, my God. These people are, like, so cliche. Like, I mean, there, there's not really any originality in the characters themselves. Yeah. Like, Taylor's your outspoken one. She's the one. Or sorry. They are the one. Well, the character is a woman, so. Okay. <laughs> She's the one that's kind of, you know, she's super into the whole thing. Mm -hmm. She loves all the horror stuff. She loves everything that's going on. And she's very excited about everything. Life is amazing. Everything is awesome when you're part of a team. (laughs) Yeah. And she, like, makes it her goal to make uh, Natalie uncomfortable, I guess. Or just, like, try to get a rise out of her. Yeah, well, I mean, it's clear that Natalie doesn't like her it seems like they don't really like each other well i feel like like natalie is more like off-putting well off-put by taylor right and taylor kind of just feeds that yeah she's like i know you don't like me and i don't care so you can go fuck yourself Mm -hmm. and taylor is uh what's the friend's name totally brooke brooke she's brooke's new best friend yeah so there's some tension between her. little jealousy. Yeah. Hey, jealousy. Counting crows. Sure. Adam Dirkowitz. It's like when you didn't you didn't you move to New York and then have a new friend named Tony? Or am I imagining that? Or confusing memories? <laughs> yeah, no. That didn't happen? No. I don't know any other Tonys. Okay. Never mind. <laughs> uh where was I? I don't remember. Oh, so they're going through. They like, you know, map out where they want to go. And everything's got a, you know, bad pun. It's like uh, deformed school and the Deadlands. Yeah. So they decide they're going to go to deformed school. And as they're going through, this girl runs through and she's like, well, first, Natalie's like, I figured it all out. There's a curtain right here, and there's somebody's going to jump out of there, and then they're going to jump out of here. Doop, 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 doop. It's like, oh, you're mm-hmm. really cool at parties, aren't you? <laughs> Do you know what's in that? It's, that? it's that person. Sure, yeah. But so this girl runs through, and she's like, you have to help me. This guy's following me. He's going to kill me. And everyone's like, all right, uh, yeah, this is so cool. This is so funny. Mm-hmm. And the other comes out, and they're all like, all right, dude, you're you're cool. That's You're scary. I, I you're whatever but then uh natalie is like you're not scary (laughs) whatever your girl's over there why don't you go kill her yeah and he's like okay and he's like just fucking narcs on her so hard yeah she's like yeah she's behind that curtain right there and so the guy like drags her out and just stares right at natalie as he stabs her in the stomach yeah eventually yeah it's just like this long standoff and natalie's finally like just fucking fucking do do it." it Just fucking do it. Um, it was for her to not realize that this is real was dumb because she just spent the last ten minutes walking through this maze, saying, "Hey, this is where one person's going to jump out. This is where the other person's going to jump out." So she's got this entire thing figured out. 
but she can't seem to rationalize in her head that in this uh, reform school or this like Catholic girls school themed maze, this guy in a hoodie and a mask runs out and chases this girl that's not in any kind of like Catholic school girl, school girl uniform and say, oh my God, he's going to kill me. Yeah. It's like you didn't piece that together. Well, and even like before that, she's like, I don't know, someone's going to jump out of right there, right? now, And nothing happens. And then like they walk out of a, a different door and they're like, oh, well, I guess your timing is just off and your location. I can't. Okay. Okay. I can't place that scene, but. That was right before the guy chased her out. Oh, okay. So it was like Natalie had figured everything out, but she got this one wrong. Oh, okay. But it still didn't register in her head that this was not right. What was right. happening? Uh, so, um, what happens next? Um, I mean, the the middle of the movie kind of blends together. Yeah. I mean, it's all fairly standard slasher fare, you know, that he kind of takes them out one by one, gets them, you know, uh, separate and what's the word? Divide and conquer. That's what I'm looking for. Um, you know, kind of gets them alone and then kills him off mm-hmm. not any really interesting kills not especially no one one person gets their head smashed in with the mallet from the bell ring and strongman competition thing which was kind of cool that's really the most clever one yeah everything else is just kind of stabby stabby yeah and it's i mean there's no there's no gore there's no gore to speak of um like Taylor gets her head chopped, fake chopped off at one point. Um, and that's like, yeah, by Tony fucking Todd. Right. You know, from the minute they enter the park or the, the fest fest, whatever the fuck it is. Um, from the minute they enter, you can hear Tony Todd's voice on, on like the, the speaker system. Tony Todd's velvet voice. Oh my God. Someday I'm gonna have sex with Tony Todd's voice, just like saying things, and my wife's gonna hate it. But I'm gonna be like, no, no, don't speak. <laughs> um, anyway, that's, that's never gonna happen. I'm not actually gonna do that. Um, what was I gonna say? Oh yeah. So I mean, throughout the park, you hear his voice, like, like in the, like in the mazes, like kind of giving like these cryptic instructions and stuff. And it's just like he's on the poster. Or like on the on the movie cover, like when the fuck are you gonna actually see Tony yeah. Todd? And it's seriously like like just beyond three quarters of the way through the movie for you actually. And it's very see short it. too. Yeah, it's probably five minutes if that. Yeah, it's like they paid him for like a day and a half of work or something. Yeah, <laughs> like Krusty does his doll voiceover. <laughs> I'm Crunchy the Clown again. I'm Krusty the Clown. <laughs> Uh, hey, hey. Oh, no, it was, he said slideshow mail. That's what it was. What? When he when he had to repeat himself, he was like, <laughs> slideshow mail. Again, sideshow mail. Sideshow mail. <laughs> and yeah, like I said, just basically typical slasher stuff, just kind of uh, separating them. And they're in this park. And um, at one point, they have to take a trolley to the Deadlands. Mm-hmm. And it like breaks down halfway through. And I was like, oh, it's like Disneyland. <laughs> did that happen when you went? Did it, were rides just constantly breaking down? Uh, no, but it did happen when I was a child. When I was on Pinocchio. Uh, can you place that ride like like anything from the ride? 
Um, I don't think so. It's not. It's something else now, right? I don't think so. I think it's still Pinocchio. Oh. Uh, there's a point during the ride when the guy that runs Fantasy Island or Pleasure Island, um, he's like lifting a crate, uh, like it's like a shipping crate, like above his head or something like that, and I feel like as a child I remembered him like like he would pass the crate like over his face like above his head and like he would like have this terrifying monster face but i think in hindsight it's probably just he had like a creepy face already but the ride broke the fuck down with him just like holding this crate above his head and i'm like five years old and we were just stuck there for like 10 minutes waiting for the people like disneyland staff to escort us out of the ride it was just sitting there staring at this fucking thing anyway yeah, when we went last year, the rides were constantly breaking down. Really? That sucks. Yeah, uh, Haunted Mansion broke down twice while we were on it. Oh, man. <laughs> That's yeah. awful. I think that was the only time that any, any of them actually broke down while we were on them. All the other ones, we just ended up having like to wait or come back at another time. Mm. But well, we've, I mean, we've been pretty lucky when we've gone. Uh, the first time we went, uh, Thunder Mountain was down for uh, repairs. Oh, yeah, Matterhorn was down for repairs. Or No, they're doing something to it, adding on to it or something. So. Mm. Anyways, back to the movie. The, so the ride breaks down and, uh, you know, she sees the other kind of just standing there lurking. And he just, he does that horror movie thing where she'll look away and look back. And now he's 10 steps closer or whatever. Right. And he actually like gets in the trolley with her, like in front of her. Mm-hmm. Cause he gets on the front of it. And this is the scene where like, yeah, all these other guys in the, the same mask come out. And you hear Tony Todd say something about the others will now escort you. Yeah. That was a good Tony Todd, bro. That wasn't bad, yeah. I'm kind of proud of that. <laughs> um, yeah, the, so the whole time they're thinking, you know, this guy's just part of the park. He's really committed to just taking Natalie down a peg. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, then some horror movie stuff happens. and uh, Some horror movie stuff. <laughs> uh, oh, how about that? So Wisdom hates the ending of this movie. <laughs> it's like the very end? Yeah. Okay. I mean, sure. That was like the one thing he said to me. He, t- he messaged me and he was just like, hey, have you seen Hellfest? And I was like, nah, yeah, we're doing it in a couple of weeks. And he was just like, man, that ending though. <laughs> He's like, the rest of the movie's fine, but that ending, fucking stupid. It was kind of st- stupid. I mean, I, I didn't hate it. it was just- <clears throat> I think my reaction was like, what the hell? <laughs> it wasn't, wasn't really bad. It wasn't really good. It was just like, oh, okay. I didn't see that coming. Yeah. Um, is is irrelevant though. It's like, why does this matter? Yeah. Um. Uh. Bu- 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 that last. The, so, for them. See, so the last maze and like the la- the maze you have to get through to like leave the park, right? Is hell. Yeah. The la- so the last maze of the park is hell, and like you're led into the maze by these people dressed as like. Victor, not Victorian, but like, uh, um, I mean, they're children in like these old fashioned clothes. Where, where would you place that time wise? Like early 1900s? Probably. Um, like the 20s, 30s, somewhere in there. Um, and uh, they've got like burlap bags over their head. Those were creepy. That was creepy as fuck. Those were fucking creepy. And they had over their hands. Yeah. They had like burlap mittens. Yeah. That was like the best part of the movie. And yeah, then they like took them through this hazy tunnel and they were just like, we have no idea. We can't, I can't see shit. Yeah. If they, if like I went to something where they actually did something like that, I would shit. 
Yeah, as soon as that thing came up and grabbed my hand, I'd be like, what the fuck? Yeah, and like, you know, this is kind of like, uh, 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 it's it's reminiscent of like, like a lot of sh- extreme haunts nowadays because you have to sign waivers to allow them to touch you. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, if you don't sign the waiver, you don't get in. It was kind of like the same thing for, it was just hell, right? It wasn't the entire park. It was the Deadlands, yeah. It was the Deadlands. Okay. Yeah, so they had to sign waivers that allowed the actors to touch them, which is, like I said, pretty standard fare in, in extreme haunts nowadays. Um, But yeah. If if I did something like that and they did like some creepy children with sack heads came out and just like escorted me into the maze, that would be fucking awesome because I would be so creeped out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was that was legit creepy. But yeah, it had the, nothing to do with the story. No, not at all. <laughs> I wish it did. Yeah. Yeah, the rest of the movie is just like basically typical slasher stuff, but yeah. very toned down. Um this movie is rated R. For whatever reason. Because there's fucks. That's yeah, the only thing I can think of. Because this probably could have been PG-13. Yeah. I mean, there's... Yeah, I mean, there's there's not... I mean, well, there's there's violence. There's minimal blood. Um, yeah. No nudity. Um, Just, yeah, just language, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, it, it kind of felt like that... Uh, I know what you did last summer, Scream, kind of uh, teeny horror. Yeah. It definitely felt like that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the biggest complaint I've seen about this movie is that there's no motive for the killer. Yeah. Other than just being an asshole. Yeah. But I don't understand why that bothers people so much. You know who else didn't have a motive? Michael Myers in that new Halloween movie that everybody fucking loved. Yeah. Or like really any slasher like ever. Well, no. that's not true. I guess. Jason had somewhat of a motive. It was not really zero i mean his motive was wrong i guess sure i mean the first person he kills in the first movie or in the second movie uh was the one that killed his mom so that makes that makes sense but Uh, then like the whole idea of like oh jason only kills teenagers who do drugs and have sex which isn't accurate at all well no not only is that not accurate it's like also not doesn't really make sense why that would be the case yeah (laughs) Anyway, made sense in the first movie when it wasn't really Jason, but that's another topic. That's another story altogether. Uh, I didn't think this was bad. I didn't think it was particularly good. Yeah. I thought it was better when it was Bloodfest. <laughs> Bloodfest is better than this. <laughs> but I thought this was a pretty standard slasher. Like I said, if you know, it, it, this easily could have been PG-13 and it does feel like those kind of teeny horror movies. <clears throat> And I think it, it could have been amped up with more violence and more gore, and it could have been a, a stronger slasher story. Yeah. But overall, I thought the story was fine. Yeah, I mean, you've got the R rating already. Go for Make it. Make it worth it. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I don't think this was like ever going to be in the conversation with Jason and Freddie and Michael or anything. No. <laughs> but as far as just like a slasher, it's pretty par for the course. Yeah, I guess. It's... it's... <sighs> It's not going, like you said, it's not going to be on the forefront of slashers. It's going to be one of those ones that just kind of fades into the background. I mean, honestly, nobody's going to remember it in a few years. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is, you know, Walmart 333 material. (laughs) Yeah. 
Because they have weird prices. <laughs> yeah, it's usually like uh, like ninety, like like a dollar amount, like in ninety six cents or eighty eight cents. That's what it is. It's always eighty eight cents, at least here in Washington. Uh, I've seen. I mean, I've seen them have DVDs for three thirty three in the bargain bin because then they're three for ten. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this is this is that. You know, it's something that if you're like a horror collector or something, yeah, this is something you might get to add to your collection. But it's not anything that you're going to like go pine for. Yeah. And it's like, if you're trying to fill that last slot on your, uh, DVD shelf, um, and you're like trying to decide between this and like Bloodfest, let's say it's like, maybe go with Bloodfest. Well, yeah. And if you already have Bloodfest, then find something else. <laughs> um, going back to the, the amount of writers on this, I, I do think that there's too many cooks in the kitchen on this one. Yeah. I think that the, the story probably got too many passes. A lot of times you'll watch a story and be like, this probably could have used a second pass. Mm-hmm. This one, I think they probably just kind of kept chopping and screwing until it just wasn't yeah. what it needed to be. I mean, I wonder who had the final touch on it. I don't know. Or not that it necessarily matters, but and like, you know, all these writers, I wonder if any of them were writing together or if it was all yeah, that's a good six, point separate epi- six separate edits. Um, yeah. Anyway, I know Plotkin's talked about making a sequel. I don't know what that would entail, other than just the same story with different kids, yeah, different I mean, different city. The very end kind of implies that this has been a repeat thing over several years. <clears throat> and I like there's one thing I wanted to mention at the end, and I I won't give away the ending so much, but like as it typically happens in a slasher, you know the the survivors you know, think they've killed the guy and they leave and, you know, throughout, throughout basically half the movie, they've been trying to get the, the amusement park staff and security to call the cops because they know something's going on. But the staff is just like, you know, how many of these, uh, how many of these calls we get like every single night? Yeah. They think they're just paranoid or being scared by the, the, the acting. Um, but you know, Finally, when the guy actually kills people in public, like out, like out in the park where people are walking around, that's when they finally call the cops. Go figure. Um, and then so they're in this maze, and you know the survivors are um, fighting against him, and they kind of give him one final stab and just assume he's dead, and they leave. And the cops have come in, and they're just sitting there, you know, kind of trying to recover. They're wrapped up in police issue blankets and. You know, like the cop comes up and says, we looked everywhere. We can't find him. Well, that's a real bang up job there, guys. And she's <laughs> Fucking like, Barney Fife, motherfucker. <laughs> but then she's like, don't worry, we'll keep looking. Oh, good. I'm glad that you're going to continue to do your fucking job. <laughs> it's like, yeah, this guy just killed half a dozen people tonight. Just tonight. You should probably keep looking for him. Not just assume, well, he's gone. Nothing we can do now. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> Drive safe. Yeah. Sleep tight. And it's like, I don't think that was intended to reflect bad police work. I think that was bad writing. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Um, but the writers aren't to blame because there was bad direction too. Because there was a lot of over-the-top acting. Yeah, for sure. Um, Cinematography is great though. 
Yeah, I mean, it looked nice. I mean, all the the stuff going on, all the attractions and the props and everything look really good. And there's really bright pops of color, which mm-hmm. look really cool. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and like the park itself looked cool. It looks yeah. like a place where I want to be. For sure. <laughs> um, yeah, the rest of the movie. Kind of doo-doo. Like I, mean, I, like I said, I don't think it's bad, but I don't think it's particularly good. I think it's just, it's middle of the road. Yeah. It's it's fine. Yeah. It's 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 derivative. Yeah. It's it's reminiscent of, you know, every other slasher. Mm-hmm. And you can take that as being good or bad or what have you. So yeah, for better or for worse, it's just, it. like I said, it's typical slasher fare. Yeah. It's, it's average. Yeah, like it. Yeah, I mean, it, it's not super bad, but it just kind of fades in. It's just kind of mad, yeah. Yeah, it's like wallpaper. Yeah, it's like Barb. Like Barb. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, saying that, I feel like I got to give it a five. Yeah. Um, like, there's definitely potential there. Like the. The, the setting is fantastic. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the idea of a horror theme park where there's actually somebody killing, that's a, it's a cool idea. Sure. And so, but there's so much potential that it just kind of felt squandered. You know, he stabs somebody in the belly and you see red on their shirt. And that's it. Mm-hmm. Where's the gore? Let me yeah. see somebody get their throat slit or their exactly. belly cut open or something. Like, yeah. Make us want more. Yeah. <laughs> Give me the good stuff. Um. And, you know, it couldn't have been the budget was an issue because they fucking had, like, what appeared to be, like, an entire amusement park to work with. Yeah. You couldn't afford some fake blood and some latex. And it was produced by Galen Hurd from The Walking Dead. Right. And Bear McCreary did the soundtrack. Yeah. Um. Anyway. Maybe next time, cheap out on Bear McCreary and give me more blood. <laughs> uh, anyway. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess five. Four seems too low. So. Well, All right, then. That's it, guys. We are now at the end of the episode. How do you feel, Taylor? Exhausted. Yeah. I'm hungry. Me too. Try, try to get some yum-yums? Let's get some yum-yums. Yeah. All right. So, guys, we're going to get some yum-yums. <laughs> we're going to catch you next time. Uh, we'll be back in a couple weeks with episode 126, uh, where we're going to be talking about, it's going to be our salute to sports horror. Yeah. Which is a thing. (laughs) Apparently it's a very niche thing. There are not many of these movies, uh, but we're going to be watching the French, French soccer zombie movie goal of the dead. When they score, you die. (laughs) I wish we were watching shin pads. I wish shin pads was real. (laughs) This is as close as we're going to get. Probably. As well as The Cave, which Tony decided that spelunking is his sport of choice. There's not a lot to pick from. (laughs) I would have picked like a football movie or something, but there's just not any football horror. There's not. So, there. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. I, you know. Yeah, I mean, I I can't think of anything else. As far as sports horror goes. Um, lost my train of thought. Wrapping up the 
episode. Right. That's what we're doing. <laughs> All right, guys. So uh, catch us in a couple weeks for that. Uh, until to, until then, Taylor, where can people find us? Get Taylor's on, looking at sports movies. Get it on gutter balls. That movie is so bad. <laughs> and they don't even really bowl there. It's just in a bowling alley. Or a hockalypse. Oh, oh, God. <laughs> I feel like just based on the name alone, I want to give it like a one. <laughs> yeah, it's probably not great. <laughs> you think? Catch us at graveplotpodcast.com. Uh, that's your best place to you find all our old episodes. Of- <laughs> you, you pulled the Tony. Man, yeah, <laughs> my brain just went, I'm done. <laughs> See ya. Uh, catch, find all our old episodes. You're on your own, bitch. <laughs> uh, watch Tony's uh, Workshop of Horrors yep. episodes, uh, as well as different reviews and all kinds of whatever we feel like putting on our website. That's where we put it, at greatplotpodcast.com. We're eclectic. Yeah. How about that for a word? Sure. <laughs> That's a Scrabble right there. That's a double word score. <laughs> at least. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram as Grave Plot Podcast or on Twitter as Grave underscore Plot Follow our YouTube page, uh, youtube.com slash C, that's the letter C, slash Grave Plot Podcast for more of Tony's Workshop of Horrors as well as the Creepy Crawl coming up in July. And anything else we might do in the meantime. Yep. I might just like do a dance. Don't do not do that. I'm, I might do it. <laughs> that dance? <laughs> that one. Yep. That's terrible. For like three and a half minutes. <laughs> Watch you become the next viral video. <laughs> to uh, Playing with the Boys by Kenny Loggins. <laughs> And then Kenny Loggins is like, I'm not even mad about it. <laughs> this is great. Look at him go. <laughs> he's, he's just feeling the music, man. <laughs> and of course, if you want to contribute monetarily in exchange for some exclusive content, head over to patreon.com slash graveplotpodcast. That's us. And this is the end of the episode, guys. Finally. We finally got there. Uh, so, yeah. We'll see you next time, guys. Until then, I am Skeletoni. I am Taylor of Terror. This has been the Grave Plot Podcast, where we're all little dead inside. Welcome to the abandoned land. Come on in, child, take my hand. Here there's no work or play. You're gonna burn in hell